Welcome back to the GT Reboot, uh, the Game of the Year podcast episode two, or part two. Uh, we thought we would finish up last night. We found, though, that uh, we had a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss. It took a lot longer than we expected, so we're halfway through this list. Uh, so we're glad you're all joining us today. Uh, we are joined by the majority of the team that was there on our last episode. Uh, of course, my co-host, Mike Pierce. Mike, how are you tonight? I am excellent. I got my whiskey and I'm ready to roll. Oh man! All right, we're doing that kind of podcast. I got I got wine on reserve. We're not we're not cracking it open just yet, but I'll I'll be ready. Wine on reserve. I don't know what you're. All right, all right. So anyway, we also have Kenneth Shepard. Hi. Uh, Editor in chief Ron Burke. I brought the strong stuff. Uh, Dayquil and uh, (laughs) Pepto Bismol. Gnarly. Yes, going to be a great night. Anybody up for Robo Trip? Oh man, alright. Zach Faber is here as well. How's it going, guys? And you I... heard his introduction before, Eric Van Allen's with yes. us. I brought my hatchet to chop away people's favorites and bubble right. gum. Yes. Yes. And bubble... Oh, the bubble gum! Yes! <laughs> Nailed it! Oh, what a great line. Anyway, I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's continue. Last night, uh, we got through the majority of our... I think the majority of our um, categories. Uh, we left off on soundtrack... Uh, Doom was the winner, as it were, of uh, Soundtrack of the Year, So, because it is the correct answer. Uh, so now we're at <laughs> graphics. Uh, well, I think that's right. Let me just have a quick yep, look Yep, we're at graphics. Yeah, right. yeah, we're at graphics. So Soundtrack is decided. It's in bank. Now we're at graphics. So this is our category for what was the tour de force in graphics and actual visuals, uh, not necessarily art direction and our subjective uh, favorite of those of, you know, what type of style each game is. Uh, so let's take it away. Mike, if you could list the nominees. Yes, sir. So first and foremost, we have Uncharted 4. Again, this is uh, a reoccurring theme. And it got a whopping seven votes. Then we've got Space Hulk Deathwing, Earth Defense Force uh, 4.1, Shadow. Something, I can't read the rest of it. Shadow, expand. No, okay, just shadow dot 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 is all I've got. Cool. Um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which got two votes. London Heist, Quantum Break, Overwatch, Battlefield 1 with two votes. The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine DLC with two votes. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, and Doom with two votes also. And... I skipped Rise of the Tomb Raider because we've got another one of these uh, marked entries here. Ron, yeah, Rise was that of the Tomb Raider is asterisk. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was me. So yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider, gorgeous game, fantastic. Came out on PS4 this year. Came out right. on Xbox One previously last year. So I figured we'd uh, decide on that together. Uh, if that, I'm if all alone in that anyway. So the game is gorgeous. <laughs> It's, no, that's a beautiful game, though. Like, real it talk. certainly is. It yeah, was last year's game, and they didn't do much to like up-res it. But man, that's a really pretty game. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I would agree, but I think because it's last year, I think it's the yeah, easiest yeah. one to eliminate. Yeah. Well, I have another All easy right. one. Okay, what is it? London Heist can go because no VR game should be on this list. Here's the I'm thing: I liked I liked that that London Heist being rec- right. I liked London Heist being included. Just because of all the VR games I played, I didn't play too many except for like stuff on PS4. Crap. It looked like the least, <laughs> yeah, outdated graphics. Uh, so that was certainly one of them. 
there were a lot of pretty games. I, I heard Ro- uh, Robinson the Journey or something, with a, or the dinosaur game in VR looked fantastic. Yeah, pretty, yeah that one looked pretty good. Yeah, okay. So, anyway. Uh, so, let's do sure. Quantum Break next. Why is that? Just, just because. Oh, do you mean disgusting? I thought you were eliminating. Yeah, me no. too. No, <laughs> well, yeah. There's, that's... there's a lot of pretty games on here, but I think there's ones that go above and beyond, because a lot of these are like the games that you know, hit the pedigree that they should hit for the amount of money that has been put into them. Sure. But, well, like, Uncharted think... obviously stand out. And, I, yeah. I totally agree, yeah. Uncharted I think Battlefield was... 1 is a big standout here, too, because that is a very, very good-looking game. I, yes, I would agree very with... high-resolution pigeons. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with Battlefield 1. It is, it is a gorgeous game. They, you know, uh, DICE has always put out some gorgeous games. Uh, for their time uh, when they're coming out uh, compared to t- contemporaries. But, I mean, for actually the beauty of the things that were... Well, this is maybe getting into art, but just the actual uh, beauty of the vistas that you're presented in Uncharted 4, uh, those stand out far more than Battlefield, as far as I could tell. Uh, most of the areas that you see in Battlefield 1... Uh, I wasn't uh, struck with awe, and most of the areas I was in Uncharted 4. If you've got a beefy PC, you can say the same thing about The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. It is absolutely gorgeous on PC. And anything yeah. that you can see, you can go there. It just sits yeah, in I... a weird spot because of that, too, though, because console versions... I, I play Witcher on, on PS4, and it's definitely good-looking, but even no, a year no, ago, near, I can though. definitely tell that it's like... You know, it's not up to to snuff with some of the other ones here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I've and, I've played The Witcher my first my first time diving into The Witcher. Did not get far. Uh, I have it on thanks to the Steam sale. I have it on PC, and I will probably jump into it now. Uh, but The Witcher on PS4 was not. Uh, it definitely doesn't hold up to Uncharted, in my humble opinion. Like Uncharted was. Uh, I'm I'm now just comparing to Uncharted. So sorry, but. I mean, Uncharted, The Witcher requires uh, a standard awesome PC to look fantastic. And then, uh, well, from what you guys are saying, and Uncharted is on a PS4, and it is the prettiest game I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, especially Defense as far as... Force. Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say Earth Defense Force. I played that one, and like, I, I did someone here nominate it? Because I don't remember it being like graphically a standout for me. I uh, I'm looking at that was the, not I, but we're down a couple people, so it could have been yeah. some of the people so remember, that aren't on. I could have been a travesty. I, I think oh, Earth yeah. Defense Force was I our first travesty of the second GT. night. <laughs> <laughs> he might have memed that in there. Um, that game, I think one of the things I might have reviewed it for GT, and I think one of the things I put on there was that the second like more than. 100 enemies get on screen, which, like, that sounds weird, but it's like Dynasty Warriors, where it's like, that's what that game does. Uh, frame rate just tanks to nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing, to the point where, like, certain weapons weren't viable later in the game because you wouldn't be able to use them with the precision that you'd want to, and so you just had to use, like, explosives and stuff like that, because otherwise you weren't going to hit anything because the frame rate right. was awful. So, so. Are, you, are you saying we should eliminate Earth Defense Force, Eric? I'm saying we should cut Earth Defense Force. <laughs> Okay. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you there. Am I right? Yeah, it's a good game, that's, though. If you want that to sounds right. Giant ants. Sure. 
Um, and I was the person who put on Space Hulk Deathwing, but I will um, admit that when you get really close up on that one, things tend to blur out a little bit. Um, so, and I, and I would say that there are other games on here that don't do that. So I think that Space Hulk gets eliminated in that sense. Would we say we have a top three somewhere here? Uh, I just off the bat, my thought would be Uncharted, obviously, then uh, Battlefield. Uh, Blood and Wine seems up in contention, uh, or possibly as from what I've played, Doom. Uh, Doom on PC is uh, absurdly pretty. So does, pretty. does anyone see a top three here? I I think I like Uncharted and Battlefield 1, and then I was actually looking at the bottom two on the list. Deus Ex and Doom are both very good-looking games, and I think these are both good ones to note them for. So mm-hmm. I'm actually between the, t- the last two, and I was going to ask anybody play Doom on console here, because I'm playing it on PC. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see if we had like a console-level impression of Doom. Well, well I did play briefly... Uh, Doom on console uh, with a friend uh, when we were doing the the demo. Uh, the frame rate is really high, and they achieved that by compromising the uh, resolution. The resolution is really mm. low. I played it on Xbox, uh, and it was really really low. So on console, not very good. On PC, it is flying. Oh yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, I just played it earlier today, and it uh, it still looks really damn good. Uh, so let's hear from some others uh, if we think there's a top three here. Just well, I'm I'm in for Uncharted and Battlefield and Doom. Yeah, I am too. My top three would be Uncharted, Witcher, and Doom. Sure. All okay. Right. Kenneth, any words? I don't care. Uncharted wins. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything against Uncharted winning this uh, outright. Yeah. It. I mean, it did get seven votes, so I'd say that's pretty fair. Sure. Rounding out the yeah. top three is just the hard part, like making that cut. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like Doom is a lock, out of out of everyone. And yep. I think everybody loved Doom. Yeah, and then either Battlefield or Blood and Wine. Okay, I'm gonna get. If rid we're of... uh, if we're thinking of just presenting this to uh, an audience, uh, it's easy to just opt for Battlefield just because it is a twice. It's it is a base game. Uh, again, I'll just I keep saying last night, and I. We'll try not to say it over and over again here. Format annoys me. Like, that that will uh, take a game out of it. But, I mean, since we have a winner, we don't have to worry too much, I guess, about a top three. Okay. We still want the other two to round it out, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure, if you want. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I could say against Blood and Wine is that, like, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, it is, like, still... It's not like they improved the graphics for Blood and Wine. It's just... It's still the very, very good-looking game that it was last year. And I bet if I opened up GT's Game of the Year last year and scrolled down to best graphics, I would probably see Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt like sitting there, either in the top three or the winner. So, Yeah, yeah so Blood, and Wine, Blood and Wine was slightly different, though. Um, Blood and Wine was certainly... I mean, The Witcher was kind of dingy and and you know muted colors and blood and wine was i don't know an explosion of color so it was quite a bit different than the main product okay i have not played um the blood and wine expansion i played the witcher 3 but not blood and wine so i can't i happen to like i happen to like (laughs) the witcher's design in general and it's it's uh aesthetic Far more than I would Battlefield. While Battlefield is beautiful, it is like this grungy, 
uh, war scene that I've seen a bunch of times. I know a lot of people felt Battlefield 1 was far more refreshing because of the setting and whatnot. But, I mean, I just personally gravitate towards the Witcher style uh, and its, like, you know, countryside vistas and things like that. So, uh, uh, Coming from a big-time Skyrim player, I would have to agree on that. Uh-huh. For the for basically the same reasons, the the views and the vistas and the landscapes and everything in The Witcher Three. Like I said, I haven't played Blood and Wine, but The Witcher Three is absolutely breathtaking in so many ways that I would I as also as a seasoned Battlefield player, I would take Ron's word for The Witcher Three Blood and Wine wow. being uh, being amazing. So uh, before we hand it over to the gavel, that is Mike Pierce. Uh, Zach, do you have any thoughts on Battlefield and The Witcher? Haven't played either. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I, I guess we could say we can leave it to Mike, our uh, our executive, uh, yay or nay, uh, if, Done. We're, if we're not sure. So Witcher okay. 3 and Doom bringing up, bring up the rear. Okay. Or, well, 2 and 3. I just looked at it and we did not have a best graphics last year. We only had yeah, best art direction, there. so... I also well, forgot that we had a section for best mechanic where we talked about squid diving for a really long time. So that was a really <laughs> interesting podcast. And on the note of art direction, we're moving to the official art category, which is, uh, if it didn't already make sense, separate from graphics. So within that, we've got uh, inside at the top with four votes, which looks like the clear favorite so far. Uh, Space Hulk Deathwing again. Homeworld Deserts of Crack. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> Fury. Firewatch with two votes. Oxen Free. Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, Obzu. Is that how you say that? Abzu? Yeah. Obzu? Obzu. Obzu. Yeah. Okay. Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Final Fantasy 15. Far Cry Primal. Dishonored 2. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. The Witness and Odin Sphere. And Lift some Raza. crazy Nordic. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. I Perfect. think that's German. I think, but I'm not 100 percent sure. They're, that was my, that was my vote. If it's German, so. it would be it would be life. Thrust. Yeah, that's not. Nope. I did a little bit of German in high school, and I also know that Odin is a Norse god. So oh, then maybe it is Norse. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. would think so. Yeah, it's by a Japanese yeah. company. So yeah, so so oh. okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, then it might it might not be anything in particular then. So uh, let's hear arguments for Inside first, since that seems to be the big favorite. I mean, Eric, always you'll have the authoritative word on Inside, except for when you cut it down. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm honest about Inside. No, please. No, Um, no. No, inside, like I think this is a good one for inside to win in. Except, like, if we had one that was like best sound direction, I would also put it there because this is one of my favorite video game facts from 2016. Mm. But they felt or they recorded the sounds for inside using an actual human skull, like so. That's pretty. Oh, cool. word! That's pretty um, badass. That's but, metal as hell. Yeah. Art direct. <laughs> yeah, like that's something you'd think like Doom would do, but. <laughs> um, Inside, like, art direction-wise, like, that that game just paints such an awesome dystopia and and tells you so much by just showing you. Like, there's no text in that game. There's no exposition given. You just intuit things by seeing them happen. Like, you see the people all filing away in a line and the way that certain animals behave and things like that. You can immediately understand what this world is and 
the nature of your place in it and like that again that game just we talked about how firewatch doesn't work without delilah uh inside does not work well if it doesn't have the right art going for it Mm -hmm. and the art style the way the art style and the graphic design uh informs the player on how it's played and just informs the uh general feel of the game is definitely important even if it was just we were just considering the art for its uh you know, surface aesthetic, I still think Inside would win because it's just every uh, screen that's presented to you looks like a work of art. It is, uh, while it's dark and damp and uh, dreary and, and misty sometimes, it is it is easily, like, the prettiest uh, style out, and the most unique style also out of these games. Um, I have other favorites, obviously, but, I mean, Inside is an easy win for me. As far as I'm concerned. Okay, so after that super oh, well, crazy gushing about inside, can we just make <laughs> inside the winner? Well, let's hear what our uh, other. Let's not, let's not jump the gun quite. I'm yet. just, tr- yeah, I'm just yeah. trying. I'm trying. I'm just, you know, seeing, seeing who's going to jump. Passionate defense in this category. For All right, well, Eric, game. why don't you no start at the bottom with Odin's Sphere to tell us about this weird Nordic Japanese game. So this game is actually a game that came out on PS2 near the tail end of the PS2's lifespan. And if you've ever played a game from Vanillaware, you know, they, they're the people that made stuff like Muramasa Rebirth and Dragon's Crown, I think. I always get that mixed up with the Dragon's game. Yeah. Um, this was the game that kind of set them down that path. And it was considered a cult classic, but it was basically poorly executed in every manner on the PS2, and so it got overlooked at the time. And Leifdrazer was the way for them to finally fix all that. Like, it is running at 60 FPS, it is full 1080p resolution, they had to redraw so many of the illustrations and the backgrounds in this game to make it work for that, but, I mean, it just shows, like, the whole time while I was playing this game, I was just taking screenshots of basic backgrounds and like just, you know, you're going through a dungeon. It's just a normal dungeon, but I'm taking screenshots of it because it just looks gorgeous. And like, I'll probably post some screenshots in our Slack channel so y'all can see it. But there's a real level of craft that was brought to the the Odin Sphere remake that uh, you, you don't see at all in game remakes and especially with a game that was such a cult classic and and maybe you know it wasn't the one that like fans were barging down the door to get uh, a remake of or anything like that to go back and give it that kind of love and care and it just makes this thing that was like oh it was a good game but it was hindered by all this other stuff now it's like wow you can really respect how good this game is now and the art direction is a major part of that I mean it's just is frankly one of the best looking games I've played this year Okay, so I mean, so can we get rid of it now? (laughs) (laughs) This this is I I'm not gonna fight for it to win, but I think it needs to be in the top three if we're talking like pure art direction. Okay. Well, I mean, I I have not seen Odin Sphere, so I'd only be taking your word for it. Um, I want to address. I'm I'm getting some screenshots. I'm I'm gonna fix that. That's fine. That's that's fine. That's fine. I I want to acknowledge a couple of these games. Uh, one Hyperlight Drifter. And one, let's see, uh, Fury. Uh, Fury is Fury an, a bit style game, or is it more just a um, like a 
hard anime esque type uh, art style. It's a it's a very anime esque game. Yeah. It's definitely um, it's got a look to it. It's like one of those games that has a very like recognizable, distinct look to it. And I think the only issue I have with Fury is that you miss a lot of the good art direction in it because it's like it's a bullet hell beat 'em up style game and sure. you spend a lot of time just looking at the bullets and the waves as they're coming in and not really like the things that are going on around you. Okay, sure, sure. So I looking at um the reason why I bring up bit styles is uh, I love acknowledging games that do uh, 8-bit 16-bit style uh graphics and uh do do interesting things with them uh Again, working with limitations to create something cool or interesting. Uh, but if we are to acknowledge a single game out of a long list of games that are beautiful and have uh, interesting art styles, uh, I have trouble ever voting for a game that resorts to 8-bit or 16-bit or something of the like, only because it's while it, they do interesting things, they're not necessarily pr- uh, progressive and I like acknowledging progressive art styles, and I think uh, some of these, a lot of these games are certainly that. So I don't know if anyone had words to say about Hyperlight Drifter uh, as far as that goes. Not me. It's probably the best looking 8 bit type or 16 bit style game, but mm. I see your point. Sure, sure. Sounds like that's eliminated. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, uh, Kenneth, we haven't heard from you at all. Where, where, what do you got on this list? I have no opinion on this, this particular category. Oh, all right. Zach, what about you? You haven't said much. I think I, Inside's the clear winner, in my opinion. Inside? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. And so, Joe and Eric, then, it sounds like you guys are uh, defending quite a lot of this. And then, Ron, where are you on this? The only thing that I see with Inside is we've seen this style before. I mean, this is not uh, a new style. Uh, um, <laughs> my my uh, list was Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I think that had a pretty gorgeous look to it. Um, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, because I took a head injury at some point. And uh, Dishonored 2 were my titles. Dishonored 2 has got a great... Yeah, or the... For the same reason that we eliminated Rise of the Tomb Raider in graphics, can we also eliminate it now? Mm, yeah, it's fine. I know, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for Dishonored 2 on the list. Mm-hmm. Dishonored 2, well, I loved, I got, like, I'll say it over again, I loved Dishonored 1, and uh, really the steampunk style uh, is what stood out to me. Uh, and it, well, as they would call it, whale punk style. Uh, and just the actual, uh, that oil pastel look that the, the series now is now known for, uh, it just works really well in Dishonored 2. I didn't love the character models in Dishonored 2 this time around, but I might be alone in that because it's still a similar style, just with a little more detail, uh, on a new engine, but the lighting's great, uh, the, the building structures are just beautiful and, like, there's like that first port that you uh, that you ship into with like blood of whales, lot like pasting the street, and uh, just every single inch of that game looking like it's been uh, make it sound like some pagan crafted. ritual or something. It's such oh, it's a it's a well, sorry. 
I was just kidding. I was gonna, I said you make it sound like some pagan ritual or something with uh, no, whale blood pagan. lining the streets. And Well, I mean, it's a huge <laughs> thing in the game. But anyway, it's like this is a jewel of a game as far as aesthetic goes and art direction. So, so I see an argument for it. Uh, we haven't heard anything about Final Fantasy XV yet. I don't, I don't think anybody said a word about that yet. Good, not great. I would agree. It's, it's for art direction. Yeah, right. for art direction. Art direction always confused me, just because for Final Fantasy, did not play enough of Final Fantasy fifteen to have an authoritative opinion on anything. But like, I'm where these this boy band like leather clad group of guys. In very Final Fantasy fashion, and then you'll run into people in slacks and polos, and then you run into a Seymour-esque character. I don't know any of the characters, I don't know anything, but it was just so bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't let it wash over me, and I didn't quite accept it with the only few hours that I played it. Uh, but it was totally bizarre, and um, it took me aback. I think the I'd biggest knock against Final Fantasy anything is that mm -hmm. they're kind of locked into their convention. You know, I mean, your your character design is going to look a certain way. You know, the the summons are going to look a certain way. They're they're kind of locked in by, well, I don't know, fifteen previous or fourteen previous titles that have kind of established this is what Bahamut looks like. This is what Ramo looks like. This is what you know, uh, and they haven't broke that mold for a while. So I could see cutting it. I think the the coolest stuff that thing does with art direction is in the latter half of the game when you kind of get to the on rails segments and you start to uh, like there's a part where you're you're on the train. I don't know how many people got this far in the game, but you're on a train and you see like a giant destroyed uh, head of Shiva that's like sitting next to the tracks and there's some really cool stuff they do, but it suffers from the same issues that the story does where they don't really give it the proper like presentation to make you want to care about it they only had a decade mm. to build it come on <laughs> yeah really <laughs> so in the same way that ron sort of uh spoke about final fantasy 15 as not really i guess basically the way to, to to sum it up is that they didn't really create anything new per se because they were already locked into their style from 14 previous games um, I will go ahead, and as much as I hate to say it, I will eliminate Space Hulk and Homeworld, both of which I nominated and absolutely love dearly. Mike's games, um, by the way, just get are, are easy knocks every category. Like he's always just like, all right, I'll take mine off. I'll take mine off every category <laughs> we've done, man. It's no, I'll back you up on both of those. Space Hulk is gorgeous. Homeworld was amazingly gorgeous, but uh, in the face of the other titles on this list, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, and I would just like to say, as a Warhammer 40,000 fan, Space Hulk, Deathwing, like, I've been following Warhammer 40,000 since I was probably 10-ish, so that's, that's two decades and then some now, and uh, there is no game ever made previous to Space Hulk, Deathwing that has captured the aesthetic of Warhammer 40,000 better. Bar like It's not even a contest. I love Dawn of War, and they've done a fantastic job, and even uh, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine did a good job, but nothing holds a candle to Space Hulk Deathwing, in my opinion. It's absolutely breathtaking. So, with that said, Joe, defend the witness, because I know that's oh, you. Oh, well, the witness, you know, um, the witness is just one of my favorites. Uh, it's got a cell shaded kind of look uh not necessarily there is like textures and shadows but um it's uh it's just one of the prettiest games i've played this year is pretty simple uh it's a 
uh, entire island of vibrancy and uh and it's it a lot of them are pretty breathtaking and just their design is uh intrinsically has to be uh fantastic and very meticulous because it has to be um that they a lot of it is based on actual architecture like uh Jonathan Blow's team actually consulted with architects to build a lot of those spaces. Uh, so it's a pretty fantastic game as far as aesthetic design goes, and actual uh, design in general. Uh, so, And a lot of it is, again, about perspective. Eric and I talked at length about it, um, how you'll notice certain puzzles and certain environmental puzzles, and you'll have to solve puzzles through different perspectives. But then there are things in the actual game that are... I guess ancillary, they're not really puzzles or part of anything, unless I'm missing them and they're crazy huge secrets that I'm not putting together yet, which I'm sure I will. Uh, but these, there's so many littered, beautiful things that you notice by walking past it in a certain light and at a certain angle. So okay, it's so like Joe. you kind of have to dig it into it. But I mean, it's not the winner if I'm looking at other games. Uh, it's just one of my top three, top five, okay. what have you. I think the designed elements you talk about with the witness, I think we highlight that well with the best moments category. Um, yeah, sure. And, and there's other ones. I, I do mean like more ancillary moments, but I mean like, uh, yes, I absolutely agree. Like we. So hatchet time. Yes, Far Cry sir. Primal can be hatcheted from this list. That was where I was going to go next. I I don't see that one toughing it out. I don't yeah, see. Yeah, I didn't see anything it did more than Far Cry Four. You know, and and just it's from gorgeous. What, from what I've it's seen. just it's uh, certainly it, gorgeous. It looks yeah. pretty. I think if it's better in the graphics category than art direction, um, yeah, that's probably true. Is yeah. Okay. Um, Fury can go. I like Fury, but it can go. Okay. I would actually cut. Firewatch next because I think overall art direction Firewatch doesn't do enough unique for me. Um, well, hold, I, again, hold it the looks phone. pretty. I mean, but... Guys, I uh, Eric, listen. I spoke after the podcast to a couple of people, and I tried. I pushed very hard to let them know, like, guys, I have reason to believe Eric is on meth, like he is out of his mind for telling <laughs> inside. I'm bringing it back. No, uh, I would. I wouldn't agree with you is all I would say. Um, I would put in my own list Firewatch in my top three. Uh, If no one else feels that way, then I respect that. I just, uh, that definitely was, the art direction on its own uh, was the breath of fresh air that uh, made Firewatch so great to me. Uh, While I'm experiencing this character and stuff, uh, just existing in that space, in that uh, actual, almost real uh, you know, upstate environment, it was what spoke to me so much. And one of the things, uh, art-wise, that spoke to me the most this, this year. So Having said that, I'm happy. Can we agree, at least, I'm not saying we're ending it here, but can we at least agree on a top three of Inside, Firewatch, and Dishonored 2? No. Well, I, <laughs> you, well you literally yeah. listed my list, so uh, I can it. say yes, but I can... But I'll I'll open it to you guys to uh, look at Odin's Sphere, you <laughs> blasphemous bastards! This Does game anyone, is, has anyone else this... played Odin's Sphere? I, I was have. just that wasn't great. all that blown away. Ooh, oh, man. okay, oh, sorry, oh, okay. Oh, Shade, okay. <laughs> it's it's very spritey. I was very much reminded of of the olden days. There's no sprites in it. It's all hand drawn. I get that, but it, it looks like old school sprites. Oh. 
I've seen this game. Okay. I yeah yeah. I mean, I, you showed it already. I think in the chat, but I it's I, in the I know chat. This is it's a joke. Please yeah, tell me you yeah. have an extremely negative opinion of it. Go. No no no, not at all. It's a beautiful game. Uh, oh, damn it. I've seen. I I my top my top three here is Inside Dishonored Two Odin Sphere. Oh. I I don't think Firewatch does enough to. Eric, put Eric it I on literally the have to fight to the death here because is Joe I mean, is Joe the only Firewatch guy right now? Boy, it sounds like it. There were two votes. Someone is betraying me. Yeah, you're. I think it. your reinforcements are missing right now, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think Firewatch goes. All right. And I haven't heard anybody going crazy for Oxen Free. I'm pretty sure I nominated it. It's really cool, but you can cut it. <laughs> Zach is like, I, Zach has just the slightest bit of hope that's, for Oxen Free. That's the best argument I've heard for a game in two days. It's really cool, but it can go. Cut it out. If, if yep. there's a number four on this list, Oxen Free should take that spot. That's okay. I, that's and what about Ob- Obzu? Is Obzu going? Obzu's a very Obzu would pretty be game. my number five. That's a great Absu game. Is, yeah, great. it is a very pretty game. I it, it Absu didn't speak to me on any level besides its aesthetic and its music. Uh, Austin Wittery is like one of the best game composers of all time, and uh, he does a great job here as well. He has a great uh, choice of orchestration and instrumentation for this. That's that's wonderful, uh, Joe. But we're talking about but art. It's, <laughs> but it is yeah. But hold on, okay. And but and the art style is beautiful, and the you know the water life is uh, very. Uh, um, believable and pretty, and but I it that was the only pl- way it spoke to me. Uh, the actual gameplay and story, if there was one, didn't really speak to me in any case. So it was hard for me to uh, for me to connect those two beautiful elements to anything meaningful. So that's okay, my okay. So what about Mirror's Edge? Ron was the advocate for Mirror's Edge. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has played it here i have yeah it's a pretty sounds (laughs) sounds like it it fails in the face of some of the other ones yeah i'd even put it under mankind divided i actually the art and graphics mankind divided i i really liked that was probably my favorite part of the game and so uh, we need to cut one more to get to a top three and I'd, i'd cut mankind divided here to keep in dishonored and odin sphere well you're the odin sphere guy but i think ron might take issue with that decision Meh. As long as Dishonored makes the list, I'm happy. Yeah. Well. Oh, all right. If I had to trade. So now that we've got a top three, can in, in the face of that, can we say that Inside takes it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My God. See, you know, this is why I brought it up right at the start, because we're right back to square <laughs> one. No, 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 it's fine. You know, we have a good top three to reference there and delineate in whatever way we choose. Okay, right. so moving right along, we've got uh, two categories that are just honorable mention. Those are puzzle games and fighting games. So within puzzle games, and I know this breaks your heart, Joe. I'm sorry that we have to relegate puzzle games to honorable mention. But uh, within that category, we have Severed and Joe's, I believe it's your game of the year, right? The Witness? The Witness is probably my game of the year, yeah. Uh, okay, and we've got Inside Planet Coaster. What, uh, Ron, that must have been you, I'm guessing. Yeah, that'd be right. So and... uh, let me ask quick. I'm sorry. Just I know this is an honorable mention. We don't have time. But Severed, one, I don't know. Does anyone defend it being a puzzle game? Uh, I played some of Severed. and It's the only kind of an action-adventure. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Action adventure. I didn't it's find any puzzles being... besides, say, like the actual swiping mechanics. Like they're puzzle like, but they aren't puzzles. They are action mechanics, and they're touch based. Is all. That's what I found at least. It's like severed got yeah. severed. Uh, yes. Yeah. And 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 so I'm guessing, Ron, you put the asterisk next to Planet Coaster because it's sort of. I, I mean, it's more of a not. building sim game. Oh, you didn't? No, okay. no. I put the asterisk next to Planet Coaster because I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, Planet I, Coaster. I uh, it, the puzzle is more. It, it's more resource management and and that sort of thing. There, there's not really puzzles per se. Okay. okay. Uh, well, it just doesn't really fit anywhere else. Is the thing. Ah. Okay. Do you not well, like a no... sim category or something? Yeah, we didn't do a sim category. We, we gotta, we gotta remember that. that Where for was next I time. gonna put farming simulator? Man. <laughs> yeah, <word. laughs> or train simulator or truck simulator? Nobody Simulators. has the amount of money needed for train simulator. Oh, wow. <laughs> Witness so, the best puzzle game. After uh, after Planet Coaster, we've got Deus Ex Go, Super Hot, Unravel. My favorite name of the year: Steven Sausage Roll Steven and Sausage Box Roll. Box Boy. And within the fighting honorable mention category, we've bought we've got Pokemon Tournament, uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, is that fifteen? XL. XL. Oh yeah, that's right. L is fifty <laughs> in Roman numerals, isn't it? Yeah, so that so. would actually be Mortal Kombat forty if I was reading that right. We'll get there uh, eventually, but right. not today. Sure. <laughs> Street Fighter Five. I read that one right. And Nitro Plus Blasters Heroines Infinite Duel. I just Amazing want to make name. you read that name. <laughs> Did I do it's okay? Kind of word salad, isn't it? That that it's one's weird. Excellent. It's a weird fighting game. You can shoot people in it. That make a lot of sense. But man, that's a weird fighting game that I liked. It's funny when video game names like generally, if they're longer, they're kind of bad. And but like, from the Japan. longer they go, they get better. Like they get ridiculous and better. Like that's a fantastic name in my opinion. So Wait until next year when we talk about the Kingdom Hearts games <laughs> with all the the remakes and stuff. Yeah, two point eight. Learn how to count to three. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that, them and Valve. Yeah, I was gonna say Valve's gotta figure that out first. There it is. We got that's it a in sensitive there. spot. So speaking of uh, shooters, we're moving to the shooter category, and. Man, a lot of people have called 2016 the year of shooters. It was supposed to be the year of VR, uh, but I think it's there's a good argument for calling it the year of shooters because this has been a ridiculous year for shooters. And uh, coming in at the top, there's Overwatch with three votes, uh, Super Hot, Battlefield One with four votes, Gears of War Four, Titanfall Two also with four votes, Quantum Break. Um, and Gears of War 4 again, which means that gets deleted. So Gears of War 4 actually has two votes. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Doom. I was so, going to say, I'm surprised that Doom only has one vote. I think Doom fits... I What Doom does is it makes an incredible campaign, but it doesn't do anything to actually be like an incredible shooter on its own. That's, uh, that's how well, I feel. I don't know what it. that... I, I think... There might have been a mistake if I my vote if Doom isn't there on my vote, uh, so there should at least be two. So I'm sure someone else has voted for Doom. Uh, so you're anyway, saying Doom would, gets would, two, or are you just trying to you are you trying to hack the election <laughs> no, 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 results? No, no, right no. I would certainly just yeah, yeah. Russians. No, I'm looking here, and I have yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I I have here that I didn't vote for Doom, and I I, I certainly would have voted for Doom. Um, I mean, it doesn't have any bearing on the actual winner, uh, but 
Yeah, like Doom, it's definitely one of my shooters of the year for sure. Uh, and I would disagree. I think Doom uh, showed that, you know, what, like Call of Duty and uh, Battlefield and all these games uh, didn't necessarily add to Doom. They like, they are different types of shooters. All these modern shooters are different types of shooters. And this game showed that the Doom type of shooter is still viable. Yeah, but Doom guy jumps fantastic. now. What's that? He jumps now. He figured out I'm how sure to he jump. jumps there. So there's that, you know. Uh, but other than that, like it, it is very much more similar to original Doom than it is, say, Call of Duty. Uh, and especially because Call of Duty, well, now Call of Duty is all about platforming. But anyway, uh, Doom, ha- Doom has one of my votes. My shooter of the year is easily Overwatch, because Overwatch is the best game of all time, as far as anyone <laughs> in the world is concerned. So, so anyway. since I was the only person who put down Super Hot, I'm just going to say Super Hot was amazing. Oh, Super Hot mm. was really good. But um, yeah. I don't think it compares in the face of heavyweights like Overwatch, Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, Titanfall 2, and Doom, and Call of Duty. So I'm going to just take that one off. I really would have liked for it to have made the top three here, but I don't know if we have the support for it. But Superhot was really something special. Yeah, Superhot was truly unique. Yeah, Superhot to me, it's so unique in in my opinion. Like, it's on the puzzle list too. And in my opinion, it's a puzzle game. Uh, It's a puzzle with... not infinite, but near infinite uh, solutions for its different uh, levels and puzzles, what have you. But it's a puzzle game in my mind because it's presented in that format. Uh, it's You can interact with it in a puzzle format. Like You can sit back and figure it out, even though the timer is kind of ticking and time is moving. It's more a puzzle game to me than a shooter. A shooter is far more about like that Twitch-based skill and that... Um, enemy uh interaction skill and super hot is more of a puzzle game to me so that's why these other games stand out to me more uh but super hot is fantastic and it does stand out on its own as a different thing to me so can we nix uh quantum break and call of duty all right i gotta set my piece on call of duty so sure call of duty was one of my uh one of my lists as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked how they really went a different direction with Call of Duty this year. Uh, the the direction being in space, but also you know the the free flight uh, jackal missions. Those are pretty great. Uh, I just thought that they really took some cool risks this time around, and they should be, uh, get recognized for that. But uh, not unlike Super Hot, uh, it can't beat the likes of Titanfall and Battlefield. How did okay. how did Call of Duty? I've heard that the campaign is act like that. It's actually a subversive uh, Call of Duty in that its campaign is actually amazing and its uh, multiplayer. I've heard a lot of ca- complaints about. Can you speak you got to it. the multiplayer? Yeah, you got it exactly right. Did this oh, yeah. is the year where the the campaign is amazing, but the multiplayer is just more the same. Yeah, right. Which is kind of weird, but. We are. Well, I mean, you got a, a game out every year, you know, it's eventually it's, you're going to realize it's more of the same and you get so many really interesting, uh, diverse shooters now. It's it's going to it's going to stick out. So, more, you know, who was who nominated Quantum Break? Yeah, it's me, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like, I, like the time, like, I like the time shifting mechanics. Uh, yeah, you know, it. The way it was done in this one was quite a bit different than than other time based shooter games. Yeah, but again, it, it doesn't compete with the likes of Titanfall and and Battlefield. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at like third-person shooters and other things like that, there this was really the year of shooters because we had things like Uncharted, The Division, and Quantum Break also then are added to the list, you know, so it, it's pretty incredible. Quantum Break, what I loved about Quantum Break was the, like you said, the time-based mechanics and those abilities you got. Uh, did not love the show, and I really didn't like the shooting that much. Like, just on its own, I was really frustrated often with the shooting. So, uh, that's how I feel about it as a shooter, but as an action game, it is, it is bombs awesome. So, I now I did not vote for Gears of War 4, and I actually haven't played it, although I have played extensively every other Gears of War game. But here is my uh, piece about eliminating it. Um, I think that First of all, Overwatch, brand new, so that's got to stay, and it's super popular. Battlefield, while absolutely not a new series, Battlefield 1 did a lot of things differently or new, mostly, I guess, just the theater of war that they picked, and very few other games have ever taken a chance with World War One. And Titanfall 2 stays, because this is the first time they've really had a single player. Um and I, I mean, don't if, think if the single player war... sucks, then it's not because it's the first time they have a single player. It's because the single player is very good and well regarded. It's very, very good. So that's well, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's supposed to be great. So, and Doom, Doom was just Doom, and Doom is amazing. And I, I just feel like with what we've got now, Gears of War Four is the weakest out of all of them. Yeah, yeah Gears of War is Doom. Gears of War. I think it I think... and Doom go, and I'm that cool creates your top it. three: Overwatch, <laughs> Battlefield, and Titanfall. I would agree. I would agree as well. I I would cut Battlefield for Doom, but I think there's enough pushback to say nay, so I won't fight at that one. I know because I, I will be I, fighting Joe in a little bit here. Looking, yeah, you know, look, look, <laughs> Doom does. Doom has a great campaign. Uh, Overwatch is just a multiplayer shooter, so it's a little weird, but it is just it's. So I would good, say that so Doom's it's obviously just a, a campaign. <laughs> yeah, Doom you is just a campaign. I did not play. Yeah, did not play the multiplayer at all. So I think Overwatch, Battlefield, Titanfall, to me, are, yeah, the top shooters uh, for having either excellent campaign and multiplayer or being Overwatch. So there you go. Kenneth, we haven't heard from you on this category at all. Do you not have a dog in this fight? No, I do not. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that, then, we're moving to the next category, uh, which is sort of a hybrid category. And Wait, we're not uh, declaring a winner on shooter? Oh, we're not okay. Sorry, sorry. Well, here's Whoa, the thing. Hold the phone. I, back up. Yeah, here's that is a good thing. point. If, it's Battlefield. If we dropped one, it to a winner. vote, if we <laughs> if we dropped it to a vote, let's say everyone is voting. I I understand, Kenneth. You don't play shooters. I mean, I played uh, one of these. Yeah. So if if we were to put a vote to it, what would it be? My vote would go to Overwatch. What's let's say uh, Ron? Titanfall Ron three. Titanfall. Uh, Eric. Titanfall. Zach. Overwatch. And Mike is Battlefield, I assume. Yep. And Cam, what would you pick? <laughs> Overwatch. Oh. All right. So if it were to a vote, uh, and if we didn't go for like a consensus of some sorts, then it's... Am I right? Does it, Would it go to Overwatch? I it think would. that's three. Yeah. Yeah. It would. It's three, mm. yeah. Mm. So... Is there an argument that we can make uh, against that? Because yeah. I, I don't like cold. Overwatch yes. is incomplete. Overwatch is just oh, multiplayer. Oh, it's just multiplayer. Hold on, uh, I, hold on. It's just multiplayer. <laughs> God damn it! I love those words, Ron. Way to go. Um, here's here's my thoughts because I I am the Titanfall 
other Titanfall advocate, and I wouldn't hold that against Overwatch. What I do hold against Overwatch yeah, is that it is um, it is improving on the formula in many ways. Uh, it's it's. I think there are better places to highlight what Overwatch does well, but it, just in terms of shooters, like what shooters have been for the past couple years, and especially like we were just talking about how COD and how Infinite Warfare was like this, you know, oh my god, they finally figured out how to make something good. Um, Titanfall 2 was like, oh my god, these are the guys who made good Call of Duty, and they came back, you know, Titanfall 1 was kind of a stumbling block, but Titanfall 2 in every bit feels like those modern warfare games that but what was the stumbling block for incredible what was the stumbling block for titanfall one just multiplayer not campaign yeah no campaign yeah. no well well here's the thing there were, there well, were multiple and, and the problems smart pistol. and the smart pistol let's just be yeah, honest smart <laughs> pistol. Kind of oh my god um, <laughs> but, but, anyway. but titanfall 2 just nails feel in a way that other games don't and like by that i mean like the guns have this crisp feedback to it. The motion and the way you move from piece to piece in the environment just has that good feel to it. You never feel like you have that moment of not being in control of what your character is doing. And everything in it just has crisp feedback. It has good, just, oh, it has good game feel to it. Like, you know how they, when they like review beer and wine, they're like, oh, it has good mouth feel. Like, Titanfall 2 has good game feel. Like, Everything the in that game just clicks. Too. And yeah, Overwatch I, is great, but I think the things that it does are maybe not necessarily a shooter thing and more of a general, it does multiplayer games better than other multiplayer games do. That's that's an interesting opinion. I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, the, like, the fact of a shooter and trying to nail uh, what makes the actual mechanics and the actual action of shooting and... Uh, getting around your opponents and traversing and doing more shooting. It's, it, Titanfall definitely nails that. And I gr- agree with everything you say about Titanfall. Uh, Overwatch is, in regardless, Overwatch is a shooter, and what it, like, what it pushes is team cooperation, team gameplay, and that even by itself, along with, outside of all the other things that's great about Overwatch, that is something that I've always... Uh, that has always deterred me from shooters. That it was just this um, solo, you know, lone wolf, uh, like ladder climb for most games on multiplayer. That uh, you being on a team was just coincidental. It was just uh, part of the format, and you didn't actually acknowledge that unless you were with a friend and like it was a, a make you were making a point of it. Overwatch solved the problem for me of making a team work together and making a team coordinate in really interesting and smart ways. So that I think by itself uh, puts it above Titanfall just in the way it progresses shooters in general. I think that it does great for shooters, not just as a great multiplayer game. Uh, so that's me. Uh, I think we should get everyone to like, this was the year of shooters. I think this is worth talking a little more about. Um, for just these top three, unless Mike, you uh, you say we got to move on. But if anyone else uh, wants to... no, we're we're not moving on until Battlefield One gets the number one <laughs> spot because there's just no game that can compete with that. I don't care what anybody says about Overwatch or Titanfall right, Two. Mike, give us the lay down on Battlefield. Period. Period. Full stop. The end. Battlefield One takes it. There's just no question. Like, well, okay, hold on, because you haven't. Have you played the other two games? First of all, no, I know and, this that, is not no a fun and that doesn't matter. Argument. 
Uh, uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter at all. I'm I'm invoking my Donald Trump here for a minute, and I'm gonna say, no, you're wrong. Oof. Well, I mean, you you got one vote over like you know three for the other one, so I mean, I guess that's all. <laughs> Getting Battlefield one on this top three is already pretty good because I would have fought you tooth and nail for Doom, but I already knew I was gonna fight for Titanfall. So, <laughs> word. No, I I know. It, I just I absolutely adore Battlefield one. Um. It captured the the period and the history so well, um, and and I feel like they've really touched on their actual battles and the actual history more than any other shooter in in recent memory that that was any good. Um, and you I love how you are a specific World War One fan too. Not we we like to say fan, but you're you're uh, you're very knowledgeable of, of World War One history. Well, heard. only only lately, actually. I mean, I really only started a few months before uh, Battlefield 1. I started watching a YouTube channel just called The Great War. And um, and it's it's amazing. They uh, Basically, what they did... So, the World War One started in 1914, and it, it ended in 1918. Uh, fun fact, by the way, Veterans Day is not actually Veterans Day. It was originally Armistice Day. And True. the U.S. changed it to Veterans Day. Um it was uh, supposed to signify the end of World War One on the 11th day of the 11th month at 11 a.m. That's why it's November 11th. But anyway, um, they... Battlefield. Yeah, Battlefield is just like, I, I don't know, I, everything. I feel like all around, I don't think I've ever played a shooter that does everything so well. I mean, the graphics are great. I mean, I've played two other ones that do everything so well, and they're Titanfall and Overwatch, so I don't know about that <laughs> argument. I don't think we're going to make a stale break, uh, stalemate break on this one. I think it's going to end up being top three. Right. I, I, I kind of agree. agree, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm, agree- Moving I'm on. okay with a participation award all around on this one. Okay. So, there's our top three. Cool. All right. Um... So, we are going to move on to the RPG category. Real quick here. And surprisingly small. We've got uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon with two votes. Final Fantasy XV with two votes. Darkest Dungeon and Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. I wasn't sure where my other vote went, but Bravely Second was also in here. We'll add it on. Yeah, that should be there. It's not going to win, but it was also... Yeah, no, that was was definitely included, yeah. So we're going to call it Final Fantasy XV, right? No, no. This is staying on there. This is top three. I'm going to lay that down. Um, I'm there are, there were, I will say there were certainly way more RPGs this year. Uh, I get things like handheld and stuff, but I mean, with, for I guess this is just from what we played. I don't play a lot of RPGs, uh, so I guess this is representative of just us. But we do just want to acknowledge that there were tons of RPGs, a lot of them very quality. Well, and I, I think a lot of people would argue that uh, the Blood and Wine DLC would, you know, would be high up on this list, even though it is a DLC. That's, but that's true. Yeah, I would. I don't know about that. calling it an RPG, though. I think that starts I, to toe a weird line. Action adventure. RPG. Yeah, ah, oof, oof, I think it's crazy. better in exactly. other categories. Okay, all right. Uh, well, it's not here anyway, so I just thought I would mention it, but. I think right off the bat, um, I know other people love this game, but uh, it drove me crazy, which maybe is the part of what it's supposed to do, but uh, I, I'm i not a big Darkest Dungeon fan. Oof, oh my goodness. <laughs> I gotta join you on that, <laughs> Eric. It, it didn't do anything for me either. And I like roguelikes a lot. And, Darkest uh, Dungeon did way too many things to me. Most of them negative. Good or bad. But in, Show in us general, on the doll no, no, no. where Darkest in Dungeon general, touched you. <laughs> 
Dark <laughs> Darkest Dungeon. I started playing it early uh, in when it came to PC, and it was painful. And it was like just it, it's not painful in like getting through it. It's just it is a very hard game. Uh, and but and it has so many systems. It was the first hardcore turn-based RPG I played in a long time. So uh, getting and it assumes that those playing are you know veterans of the genre. And I was not, and it was really hard to get my head around how the systems worked, but I did, and I pushed through it, especially when it came out on Vita. That is uh, definitely my handheld game of the year, uh, except for maybe Box Box Boy. And it is a punishing game for sure, but it's definitely one of those games like XCOM or other games that you have your core group of people that if they die, they go, you know, it's permanent death, and uh, you really... Uh, cater your game around your parties. Uh, you have multiple characters that you can switch in and out, and it's a, and the I forget what it's called, but the psyche system. Uh, uh, yeah, where they can go uh, insane and, and yeah, yeah, lose they, their or minds they can become paranoid, or they can yeah, their their sanity so can be compromised. It does it's it does very cool stuff with Lovecraftian horror and and that sort of thing, but. Like, the initial parts where it's just, like, killing off your party members and making them go crazy and stuff like that turns into a lot of issues with balance in the mid and late game where it just seems like the game is taking a bunch of cheap shots at you and, like, seeing that, like, oh, this is a really cheap shot, like, this game shouldn't be balanced that way kind of killed all the fervor I had for it in the very, like, I, first hours. So, Joe, can, would, you, would, can you forgive yeah. Eric and Ron... No, I, Darkest I, I, Dungeon I always, and eliminate it. Yeah, no, I'm always fine. Eliminating is fine. I would say just to that, Eric. I would say that the it's it didn't feel like cheap. Once I grinded through that those first few hours, it didn't feel like cheap shots as much as it was just so heartbreaking when the dice roll and that's what the game is predicated on. When the dice roll just wasn't in your favor and just one thing happens and then another thing happens and everything just falls apart and you lose your whole party and Sounds it's, like it's devastating. Too. So, yeah, it is literally a lot of yeah, right. XCOM 2 type uh, lost, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it is my RPG of the year probably. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, it's fine for it to be not nominated because I am not an RPG nerd. So so let's um, hear about uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. Hold on, I got to put up my gum. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring is it up to the, the rest of the class? Is that the equivalent of hold my purse? <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Hold my okay. rings. <laughs> so Digimon Story Cyberslave is... Um, what I think is really special about that game is it is... Although the the creators of Digimon is like such a nebulous thing, I'm not really sure who to, who to like attribute this to. It's the creators of Digimon realizing that their world and games and story need to be growing up with their audience. Where you look at something like Pokemon, where that kind of remains stagnant because it's, it's supposed to be there for like the next generation of kids that grow up to play it. What Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth is, I, I described it as sort of like Persona Light. It doesn't get into like quite the same mature themes, but it still gets into something that is um much more mature and uh, just more appropriate for the people that are like, that would have been kids when Digimon was like really big, um, like whereas we're young adults now, and it is much much more of a, um, a grown-up story and setting and um, has stronger themes in it in that way. Um, Gameplay wise, it's it's very similar to Pokemon. Like you, you you're not you're collecting all these Digimon. It's got these this really convoluted evolution system, which I mean it's it's I mean it, I would say it's a little bit to its detriment, but I also think it just gives like the game a lot of um, a lot of playability, like a lot of 
content to go, go through. Um, yeah, I, I think I think again what I think is just very special about it is it's realizing that it needs to grow up with its audience and that it um, otherwise it's going to go it's, it's going to lose to something like Pokemon. I mean, it, it basically already has, but it is it still has an audience because it is realizing that its audience has grown and that it needs to grow with it. So, would you fight for it to be in the top three or the winner? Uh, winner probably. I think Pokemon would end up beating it, but I think Final Fantasy fifteen needs to be dropped immediately. So we'll have the top three of Pokemon, <laughs> Digimon, oh. and Bravely second. Mm-hmm. But I Final think, Fantasy fifteen is. I think Digimon's um, story stays on. I think Final Fantasy fifteen stays on. I think Bravely second drops. Uh oh. <sighs> well, Ron. <sighs> uh, Bravely second was was pretty good. Um. If you if you played the first one, it definitely stepped in its in its own mess a couple of times, and they kind of fixed all of that stuff with Bravely Second. Uh, if I were dropping one, it would be Darkest Dungeon. And oh boy, yeah, that's dropped already though. Yeah, oh, it is. Well, see, it's yeah, beating a dead horse, man. God, <laughs> you got what you wanted. Um, I would drop Bravely Second to keep Final Fantasy. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're that that's Ken, reaching across the other right that. there, kids. Final Fantasy Fifteen is great. Is it though? It really is. It's <laughs> it is. It's something <laughs> that it's is something like... unique, and it takes swings. And damn it, like I've said it a million times, I'll keep saying it until the ends of the earth. Like Final Fantasy Fifteen runs into its walls head first. Like, and it's so much better than Why games that, that just kind of like slowly. Like, there's so many it takes games. Risks fine, but like Final Fantasy Fifteen, like. I don't. I can't name another AAA game that is that much of a mess in terms of design philosophy. Like it is, it is trying to emulate something that it clearly does not understand, and it is just a mess from start to finish. I think it does a great job of creating an open world and no, it, an atmosphere that is believable, <laughs> and you get to go on this this awesome road trip and then it just goes off into this crazy crazy roller coaster ride halfway through and then spits you back out on the other end and some of the it, i think like the biggest issue with it is that like the best stuff the stuff they should have been highlighting is all in the post game like the the Pityos dungeon mm-hmm. and all the post game bosses are literally some of the best content in that game and you have to be willing to go back through and grind out and find it but like there is some really awesome stuff in that game like there's a destiny-esque uh platforming dungeon in that game where you have to like Mm -hmm. maneuver around stuff and figure out puzzles and there are like giant bosses that make you actually use the combat system and stuff and you don't get to see that if you don't do the post game but uh it it does some really awesome stuff and i i'm one of the weird people that likes the the weird on rail segment as well and i thought what it did was at least interesting if not perfect so I think it deserves a spot. I don't think it wins. I think Pokemon Sun Moon is just um, too damn good. But when you when honestly, you say post game, do you mean like after beating the campaign? Or yeah. So so after you beat like an the games, so I, you go through it and look. So this is like spoilers already. Um, there's a dog that lets you time travel, and that's their excuse for letting you go back to the open world segment of the game after you've beaten the game. Jesus Christ, that sounds loose. It's, hey, look, it, it's a JRPG, and in, in terms of JRPGs, that's better explanation than most have. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, you can go back and uh, go to the open world stuff that gets locked out after you reach a certain point in the main game's campaign and uh, and start doing all that stuff. And there's tons of dungeons and things like that that you can't access until you've beaten the game's campaign. So, Well, I, I'm with Ken. I'm in favor of getting rid of Final Fantasy XV. No? Final Fantasy XV is a joy. <laughs> Zach, Zach, we haven't heard from you. Zach, let's come on. I didn't play any of these, man. Oh man, you just—you know what? Just lie, would you? Would you just lie and say like Final Fantasy XV <laughs> really Digimon sucks, guys? I played through, through the, the whole thing. Ever. It's uh, <laughs> yo, that's some hot takes. <laughs> Look, I didn't play enough of Final Fantasy to have any, like I've said, any authoritative opinion. But I mean, I've spoken to plenty of people who love Final Fantasy. Uh, and uh, even uh, more casual gamers who are jumping on for the first time since Final Fantasy X, and they love it. Um, I've spoken to people who I respect their opinion greatly on games, and they love it. Uh, I happen to like it. Um, it's, you know, it, it. I didn't see where the problems were, except for those uh, shoot-in Kingsglaive scenes. And yeah, that, that seems was a weird. little weird. Yeah, but other than that, I mean... It's a very beautiful game. It's got a fun fighting system, even though it's way watered down and it's way it's really weird. Uh, it's active yet very, uh, you know, like I said, watered down fighting system. Uh, it's still very interesting to me, and I, I will go back and play it once they patch it and once I know that it's a complete game. Even if it doesn't do anything to improve the game, I've heard nothing but great things about Final Fantasy. Uh, I think it's not unbecoming of our list to have it as a top three game. Um, so, can I get a like general feel of the room? What does everyone thought from Pokemon here? I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I don't. Play I do not play Pokemon. Haven't played this play. particular game or the series. The, the, this particular one. I don't think it. Because, I don't think it's necessarily like a dead I, ringer for this one, but it seems like given the room's temperature, sorry, it's either I, that. Sure. Or let's Digimon. give wait. Let's give Zach word because he was trying to say something. No, sorry. no, no. I, I haven't played it. Well, but my thing got is, my vote. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> my my thing is for all the reasons that I just complimented Digimon, I feel like I'm on. I would give it to Digimon because despite the fact that Sun and Moon, like as we said. Um, yesterday, it does do a lot of things to kind of get the get the series a little bit out of its rut of just like being basically the same thing every time. I still feel like it is held back by the competitive scene and like just that battle system in a way that makes it where it doesn't make the same steps forward that Digimon does. Um, and that's something I personally would like to reward because I I feel like Pokemon even if when it, even when it gets a little bit further, it is still a little bit stagnant. I, I would agree with that. I think this is one of like the weakest overall genre ones that we have this year. Um, there just weren't like all the good RPGs that were going to come out this year got pushed into next year. I mean, I'm uh, telling you guys, you, you you buried the lead here, man. Darkest Dungeon RPG of the year. <laughs> you messed up hard. That's why if, you're if lost. Darkest in the woods. Dungeon was in a roguelike category. I might consider it, but I don't know. Wow. Like this, this category was supposed to have Persona Five in it, and it was just supposed to be the Word. Persona Five award for being true, Persona true Five. That. So, yeah. next yeah. year, get ready for that. 
Yeah. All right, so are we declaring a top three, or are we going to keep duking it out for a while? Let's winner? keep it to a while. We keep it to I, the top three. I don't really think that. I don't think that's like the feel of the room, though. I I would actually be cool with giving it to Digimon in this in this case. I think we have more passion for that singular game than we have for the other games here, which we're all just kind of like, yeah, those are good games, but like they're not the greatest RPG ever. And it seems like Ken really had a solid experience with Digimon Story. I'd like to hear from our editor-in-chief if he's played any of these games and if he has any uh, opinions. Bradley's second Final Fantasy and Darkest Dungeons are the ones that I played. I did not play Pokemon. I did not play Digimon. Right. They're both kind of the same genre, and that's not my not my particular cup of tea. So, uh, yeah, I skipped both. And I'm I'm in... The, well, I played Final Fantasy 15 for a bit, but it's definitely not my cup of tea, and I can be goddamn sure that Pokemon Sun and Moon isn't. I think the Digimon? most passion in the room is is for Digimon to win, and I think in this case, with this category, it's maybe best to reflect the passion more than just the people who played a game the most. If we're like, ah, oh, that was all right. I mean, look, I'll be honest. Like, I I definitely dropped my vote for Darkest Dungeon early just because I thought you know either Pokemon or Final Fantasy was going to win, and I knew there was a big following for that. But I mean, uh, looking at this, I, I don't know Digimon at all, so I have no reason to vote against it. But I mean, I certainly have a passion for Darkest Dungeon. Having said that, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to give it up to uh, the group because, like I said, I'm not a well-versed RPG player. Uh, so but I, just just to defend my why don't we roll with top three whole passion thing? R- roll with top three. Seems like uh, it's Pokemon Sun and Moon, Final Fantasy, and Digimon. But I'm. Again, like I don't really feel like that's the sense of the room right now to just well, there's only well, one vote for Digimon. There's like no actual. But that doesn't reflect how like yeah, only one of us played Digimon Story, but I don't think that should preclude it from being voted for best in the category. I mean, I'll tell you like right now, like the way Ken talks about Digimon, it's been on my list of things that I need to play on my backlog for the last like six months, and I, I only haven't about- gotten around to it because of how many games. If it was up. about passion, Uncharted 4 would win every damn category. So I don't know that that's <laughs> yeah, a great yeah. way to, to do uh, it. I, 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 I could second that shit, man. I just, I just think the, the muted responses in this specific category maybe mean that, like, yes, we can all be like, oh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, yeah, that was a good game. And, like, Final Fantasy XV, that was a good game. But, like, we've got someone who's saying, like, none of y'all bastards played Digimon Cyber Story Cyber Sleuth, and it's a really good fucking game, and you need to play it. So... Maybe we need to recognize that a little bit too. All right, I think we gotta defer with that uh, final thought. I think we gotta defer to our gavel, uh, Mike. Uh, well, I'm I'm just gonna roll with top three for now, and uh, we could revisit this later. Oh boy, someone's dog is going nuts. Oh, uh, I believe me. that's me. Uh oh. <laughs> It's not That's a dog. Tell your, tell, <laughs> tell your dog this is bad timing and we can't deal with it right now, all right? Also, don't speak to your dog. It doesn't uh, bode well for your sanity. Dogs don't understand English, but, you know, take my advice dogs? with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> all right, so all right, we're, we're going to move on to the strategy category, which is pretty self-explanatory. And uh, within that, we've got XCOM 2. And I, I actually, I think, by the way, Ron, this is going to be mostly just you and me, I, I gather. Uh, ha- half the, mm. More than half the list is me, for Christ's sake. Um, I've, I've played three of these. 
Well, I know I voted for XCOM 2, Homeworld, Deserts of uh, Karak, Total War Warhammer, Fire Emblem Fates. Or no, I'd sorry, I didn't uh, <laughs> vote for that. I just got carried away. Didn't peg you for a yeah, I voted for everything. <laughs> I voted for the whole damn category, all right, guys? No, so the, the last one is uh, Civ 6. So, well, I voted for Civ 6, too. Did you vote for Civ, Mike? No, I did not. That's just oh, you. Oh, okay. I was confused by the phrase. So Fire Emblem Fates has two votes, and XCOM 2 has two votes, and the rest are just one. I think and, with how much we've talked about Homeworld, it needs to be a top three here from the sound, like the way you guys have been talking it up. Those yeah, who have played it. Really, it's very good. It is. It is ridiculous. I would, I'm looking at Fire Emblem. Um, I loved, I did not play Fire Emblem until Fire Emblem Awakening. And oh, found God a, a bless lost that love. game. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That game is fantastic. Fates, I played Birthright. Uh, not all the way through, but I started realizing. Uh, so it fell victim to some things like uh, games coming out and regrettably Pokemon uh, classic games coming out because uh, what was mm-hmm. it Red and Blue came out uh, for 3DS and I jumped on that and then that was the whole thing. Uh, but Fire Emblem Birthright didn't hold me because I started realizing quickly that it felt a lot like the same beats as well it's just the same systems as Fire Emblem Awakening and that just stood out to me uh, above anything. Um so that wouldn't that wouldn't have my vote, uh, especially over something like Civ Six. Those are the only two games on this list I've played. Uh, Civ Six is a fantastic game. It's my first Civ game. I played Civ Five lightly, mm-hmm. and then Civ Six I devoted some time to this year, uh, later this year. So Fire Emblem Fates. I don't know if anyone has is an advocate mm-hmm. for that as a top three game. But for yeah, me, who is anybody of, is anybody else here down for Fire Emblem? I voted for that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I reviewed it for the site uh, back when it came out, and I played all of Birthright, all of Conquest, and most of Revelations by the time I wrote the review. So I spent like an entire week in a Fire Emblem haze. And uh, I think the worst thing you can say about that game is that it came out right after Awakening, and so that kind of like... Like, Fire Emblem Awakening is, in my opinion, the best Fire Emblem game. And so, like, coming out after that, if it, you know, obviously it has huge expectations to live up to. And it doesn't hit the same story highs. Uh, I think splitting it into multiple games like they did uh, kind of uh, diluted the story a little bit. But uh, the things it does to the system in that game are things that I think the series has needed for a long time. The fact that they split the weapon triangle into a weapon pentagon is really awesome. Or a pentagram, I should say. Um, And... There's just a lot of really nice gameplay changes to it, and I think as an actual Fire Emblem, like Fire Emblem Awakening, you spend a week binging it, and it's like the best week of your life. But uh, Fire Emblem Fates, you can, like, I kind of spent the whole year going back to it and playing a mission here or there, doing some of the DLC content. It feels like a more living platform-style Fire Emblem game than an actual, like, campaign you just blaze through and, and binge. But I think it's a very good one of them. Uh, I don't know. I, I really hate it because I really like this game. It was like my number 10 game of the year. But I don't know if it hangs with the other ones on here. I, I think there is at least one game it beats on here, which is... I, I And I also play this game, Total War Warhammer. Uh, I do think it beats that, but I don't think it makes top three. Well, I would disagree with that on principle, but that's fine. Um, so I'm 
just going to say my three are XCOM 2, Homeworld, Deserts of uh, Karak, and Total War Warhammer, which I'm sure all of you knew and could have guessed before I ever even said anything. Um, I'm happy, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, to do away with Total War Warhammer, um, although I do think it makes the top three. I don't think it's going to be number one, just because it all it really did was adapt a very well fleshed out lore uh, system and and story into a similarly well fleshed out combat mechanic and turn based sort of world mechanic and uh, and and strategy and economics and all of that. Um, Homeworld to me is my number one because the story is just too damn good and it reboots a series that was incredible and has been missing for a long, long time. Um, and XCOM 2 is probably the most gut-wrenching and hard strategy game I may have ever played in my life. But because I didn't play number one, I wouldn't pick XCOM 2 as my number one. And the story was kind of eh for me. So I would. those are my top three, but if one's going to take it, for me, it's going to be Homeworld, hands down. Okay, any other words? All right, so um, I've played everything that's on this list for once. <laughs> Excellent. I guess I guess I'm the other strategy guy. Um, Good man, Ron. So Good man. Just a quick look here, XCOM 2. You've played 153 hours of XCOM 2, so apparently XCOM 2 is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we, just, we shouldn't go by hours played because if I listed off my Dota hours played, uh, that would just win. Yeah, game you should never right list now. any other game ever for <laughs> any I think, category. There's an, I think there's an echo in here, but that's just multiplayer. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, Ron, I'm at 110 hours, hours of multiplayer, sir. I'm sorry, I can hear the the jibber jabber. Go on again. <laughs> I'm I'm at 110 hours on XCOM two. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, my top is XCOM two, uh, followed closely by Homeworld, and I don't know, kind of a toss up between Fire Emblem and Civ. I think Civ finally broke out of the more of the same. This this feels like a really good reboot for the Civ franchise. They took some different. They took a lot of the tedium out of Civ, and. Uh, the, the way the cities expand and everything, I really dig what they did there. I think it makes my top three. Okay. So who else is going to chime in on this? That's Well, that's really it, right? It's just uh, myself, Joe, Ron, and Eric. Am I correct? Yeah, no, mine was just Siv. I just I threw it in there. But um, uh, the way it looks, you know, it, it just from the feel of the room, it looks like XCOM is a huge one. Homeworld was... Uh, Homeworld is really high, highly regarded this year, just from just from speaking to people who are fans of the series, fans of uh, strategy games. But uh, fans of the I don't have a horse in this race, really. I just am a great appreciator of Civ, and I'm glad I'm into the uh, the series now. So that's all. Just because I'm such a stand-up guy, I'm going to eliminate Total War Warhammer. Just like that. As much as that is like shooting an arrow through my heart, it's gone. It was good. I I just it didn't yeah, look, do look, everything. I think with DLC, it's I, I, the same way that like Civ games. I think get better with DLC. I think Total War Warhammer is going to have some really good DLC that'll really make that game feel 
fleshed out in a way that it didn't when I first played it. With oh, just dude, it's already had tons races. of good DLC, tons of yeah. good DLC already, and they've got. What else? Shit, I can't deep. even. I can't even think how many it is. They've got like at least ten factions that they haven't even added yet. Yeah, I yeah. I, make I think as it grows, it's going to be something really interesting. Yeah, I want to make a quick side note that uh, I don't think needs to be said amongst our group, obviously, and probably the listeners don't even need it acknowledged. But like, it's hard with this elimination process that we're doing uh, for it to not sound like we're saying, "Oh, one is not good than the other." It's just like what we're choosing to acknowledge, you know, on our site uh, and to give the big bold text or to give the top uh, name that shows up on a doc you know it's it's really not a huge thing we're deciding here you know because uh it's these these games are all great that's why they're all on the list you know it's hard to do this elimination process that feels like we're deciding which games actually aren't good when we look back that's not at all what we're doing of course and again i know you guys obviously know this uh but yeah like it's i i just i guess wanted to clear that up because for the listeners if, if there's ever a question because the elimination process can make it sound like that at sometimes you know can it, it can feels we drop, painful sometimes can we drop fire emblem i think we should drop fire emblem if we're rounding up a top three that was that was a very exasperated acceptance is what it sounded like on this end <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm okay with dropping because i think the other vote for fire emblem was for me yeah, I think All it was right. just me and Ron on that I think one. You just, I think you just sealed its fate, Ron. Yay! It's a good Fire Emblem game. Go play Fire Emblem Awakening, though. It's like the best Fire Emblem game ever. Word. Yeah, if there's a game to be played on 3DS and strategy, it's probably Awakening over any of the other three that, that have come out for it. So, so Ron, we can have I have a strategy you? game of the year. Let's spar. XCOM yeah. 2 and Homeworld. I, Let's do it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, can I convince you to throw your throw your weight behind Homeworld versus XCOM 2? <sighs> They're both really good games. Um, Which what? Why do you prefer XCOM over Homeworld? How about that? What is what has XCOM done uh, to like XCOM One came out recently uh, in recent years, right? So right. what has XCOM Two done for the series since? So XCOM Two, uh, what it brought to the series was a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the problem with XCOM One is after you played it for a couple of hours, you started to see the same maps over and over again. So you knew exactly where the enemies were, you knew exactly what the terrain was. It took all of the strategy out of it because you knew where to prep and you could set up these kill boxes that it didn't really matter what the enemy threw at you. You could just obliterate them. XCOM Two is entirely random. Everything is random. The enemies are random. Uh, their placement is random. The terrain is random. Yeah, it's all procedurally uh, generated, right? All procedurally generated. And what what was great, though, is that they said, okay, here you go, fans. Here's all the tools that we use to create this. Go nuts. You want to build something just as, as crazy as we built with XCOM 2? Go ahead. Uh, some people already went out and created a, uh, a co-op mod. And it's... You can pick it up on the Steam Workshop and play XCOM 2 co-op. It wasn't designed for that, but when they give you all the tools, you can do that. So what I like about XCOM is it's different every time I play it. Homeworld, fantastic game, incredible multiplayer, fantastic single player, but it's, it's scripted in a way that XCOM 2 isn't. XCOM 2 is always unpredictable, other than the math. You can always expect that even if you have a 99% in your point-blank range, you're going to fucking miss. But other than that, other than that, it's completely unpredictable. 
Yeah. That's what I All like right, to come so, to. So, so Mike, uh, you uh, are in a tough position where you normally are the uh, deciding factor or the facilitator here, uh, but this is literally your, your topic here. Well, so, I'm, I'm going to make it easy though. And I, well, sort of, but I'm, I'm going to defer to Ron in that what, what I want, I want Ron. I want to hear it from Ron that Homeworld deserts of crack has a far and away better story than XCOM two. And, and if you'll admit that, then then I will say that XCOM two can stand as a game for far longer than a homeworld can for exactly the same reasons that he just said in that <laughs> XCOM two has a very stout this is modding such community a weird way and to it like keeps going all out in a yeah way. I completely agree with you <laughs> say my name uh, I <laughs> say think, my name what's my name <laughs> I think XCOM two's story was kind of pieced together to to fit that procedural world where they couldn't make it as in-depth as Homeworld. So I would, I would definitely agree that the story was not as good, but I think the mechanics edge out XCOM or make XCOM edge out Homeworld. So I'd say that that officially makes XCOM two our winner. Is everybody cool with that? Yeah, for sure. Good with it. Cool. All right. So the next category is VR. And if you didn't already know, VR stands for virtual reality. I I hope that you haven't been living under a rock for for your entire life and you didn't pick that up. Oh, it stood for vertical uh, ramps. So I put Tony (laughs) Hawk on here. There there are a lot of interesting uh, definitions we could make up for the acronym VR. But I'm I'm just going to leave that all alone. And I'm going to start reading the list. Uh, At the top, we've got. Batman Arkham VR, which uh, came in with three votes. Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, Eagle Flight, Eve Valkyrie, Thumper with two votes. I Expect You to Die. That's an interesting name. I love that. Uh, Carnival Games VR, Super Hypercube, Job Simulator. What the hell? Job Simulator? I have not that heard of that. Great game. That's a good <laughs> talk about it. I love that Google Earth is on here with two votes. That's a real yeah. Google Earth, uh, I can see it being omitted. Well, we'll talk and, about it. And, and, I, and I have to admit, I did not know that Superhot had a VR, but that sounds oh. incredible. Oh. Holy it's shit! A, I have got to complete, get. It's a completely different game from like. It is. It is Super a very, no. The systems are completely the same. It is a completely different set. Uh, Sorry, of collection of, of levels oh, and okay. uh, instances. Is it, is it good, but though? It sounds awesome. After I mean, I love crap. Super so it's, it's very good. Okay. Yeah, so I had my votes in, you know, come, like, before Christmas last year. And, it like, it was, uh, I think, Job Simulator, Super Hypercube, and I threw Google Earth in because it's not a game, uh, but it is a VR experience, and it's probably my VR experience of the year until I played Super Hot VR. Uh, again, a friend, a co-worker uh, at an office I used to work at has Oculus and got the touch controllers. And holy crap, is that not... If that's not the best VR experience I've had, like the most badass thing I've done in like my life, that is by far my VR game of the year. Uh, so many of these other ones I toss up between. Thumper is amazing. Uh, I'm still playing Thumper. It's fantastic. Uh, Super Hypercube's great. It's like this, you know, I'm sure a couple of us have played it. It's like this Tetris-esque. It's not really Tetris, but it's that kind of puzzle-esque game uh, that is implemented in VR in a really cool way. Google Earth is awesome. Job Simulator is quirky and fun and great with experimenting with a room-scale space. And Super Hot VR is the most badass game of all time. 
uh, specifically because it's VR. So that's mine for the year. Anyway, how many of us have played with VR? Uh, this I, I was going to say, I think that's the obvious way to start here is how many people actually own VR to begin with. Yeah, I, so I had, the, just had to gush over super hot. Sorry. Well, I did the Vive review for the site, so I've played most of these games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I'm the odd man out. I've played all of them. Yeah. Right. You have, it, you've reviewed all of the VR, what, PSVR games. Right? What about okay. Ken and Zach? Nope. I have played a very few of these games. Okay, so it sounds like Kenneth and I are basically out. Um, the, the standout ones here to me, um, I voted for Google Earth because that thing is... It, it, it sounds like so weird because... You you know it's like oh you just do street view and you're in VR but you, you don't realize how incredible that is until you're actually doing it and yeah. like you can actually go down to like you could go out to um, the LA Convention Center like where we go to E3 every year and just walk around and it's it's as close to being there as VR can get right now or you can go to your hometown street and walk up and down the alleys that you used to run around in as a kid and all that. And like, it's, it's really incredible how well it does that. And, and the fact that it just kind of came out as this thing that they didn't even really like hype up at all, that they were adding VR implementation to Google earth, but it's, it's just something really incredible. And it's like, you, you talk a lot with like technology about how there's that moment where you're like, Oh, this like this this is a thing this is not like a fleeting fancy this is going to be something that really changes the way we view things google earth was one of the games that did that for me along with super hot vr and uh one that i didn't put on here because i think other games have done it better since but hover junkers also did that Uh, oh yeah true yeah that game looked fun i don't have vr but i I did see that game on steam and that looked fun i think i think super hot vr does it better but uh, Hover Junkers was really cool as a launch title for the Vive. So let me help call, cool call the list it, by sorry, one. Ron, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me help call, call the list by one. Super Hypercube. I think that's the fifth iteration of the Super Hypercube game. This one made me nauseous in a way I can hardly describe. Wow! Uh, really? Yeah. It's it. Out of all the games on this list, it's the only one that made me nauseous, and it's like violently nauseous. It was bad. Oh, why wow. is that? Can, so, do, you, do you have any idea why that is? Uh, you're you're kind of floating around in a tank, and the the motion is very unnatural because it's floating as a floating hover tank. That so uh, that's not of... super hypercube. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, but like that super hypercube is the one. Where it's very it's abstract. You're not in any physical thing. It's like this thing where you're hovering. There is a shape hovering. Game of I thinking of then, and you can move it around. You're thinking you can... of the Battlezone VR, aren't you? Yeah, a tank. Game no, I play different. Battlezone VR, and that's that's a fucking soup sandwich too. But uh... <laughs> well, Super Hypercube, you're not in a like you mean a battle. Uh, tank? You're in like a Tetris like, for blank. Super Hypercube. Yeah, you're in like a Tetris block when you're. When you're uh, no, I'm thinking of the game where you. Uh, it's a PS4, uh, PSVR game, and you're you're yeah. looking at a, a planet, and it looks almost. Uh, you're kind of flying around with your little triangle and attacking things, and then you can play this this tank yeah. game. And I'm trying to remember what it is. Oh, Air Mech? Okay. Is that no. something? Um, or or Res Infinite? No, I liked Res Infinite. That was actually good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I'll think of it. Super anyway, Hypercube we'll was that shapey thing. It's a, there's no tanks. If that's if you, if you mean like yeah, that doesn't that from Hypercube. that description that's not super. Oh, Hypercube. I'm thinking of Super Stardust Ultra. Yeah, screw oh, that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. 
I did not yeah, know that was that, a good that just idea. didn't hell no. All right, so okay, yeah, so, I, I, I take it back. I've not played Super Hypercube, but I've played everything else. Can we cut yeah, Super Carnival Games VR? Okay, I got to stand up for Carnival Games VR. Yes, it can be cut, but holy shit, Virtual Ski Ball is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I've played a stupid amount of Virtual Ski Ball. Uh, and so has my wife and my mom. My mom uh, is playing the crap out of it. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I yeah. really like the way that that kind of uh, taps into the, the, the mechanics work so well that I didn't have to explain anything to her. She just grabbed the, the controllers and just went right at it. It was cool. So how, how old's your I mom, by the way? For that. What's that? How old is your mom? Just out of curiosity. She is 68. Oh, my God. My mom's older than yours. Man, yeah. How about that? Yeah, so like that's a great thing about VR, a component that that it is one of those things similar to Wii when it was first a thing in Wii Sports that people of any uh, gaming knowledge, you know, if to no no gaming knowledge whatsoever, can pick it up, dro- be dropped in, and for games like say skee ball or pool or any real game, real world physics based games that are put into VR. Uh, anyone could just get a grasp on and understand how to play it, and they love it. Like Carnival, I didn't play, but that looks so cool for the same it's reasons. It's like twenty that bucks. Tons of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like tons great. of these games look great, you know, because like there's so many. There's like pool and other bar games like darts, and they're all awesome because they're just they're based on reality, and they do a good job of of uh, emulating that. So all that right. I can easily see. Uh, not as maybe game of the year. Uh, I'm with Eric on this, the Google Earth. The only reason why I would put Super Hot on top is because it is actually a game. Google Earth isn't necessarily yeah, a game. Yeah, it's an experience. Google Earth, Google Earth gives you that feeling of, I remember specifically, Eric, doing all those things you said and then zooming out at some mm-hmm. point and just looking at the wall that is the Earth. And, like, this sounds stupid, but, like, having that moment of, like, fuck, the Earth is, like, really big. Like, yeah. it's, like, a giant <laughs> wall yeah, it's, it's of, like, of, it sounds out. dumb until you actually, like, have that You're, moment. Yeah. Did they legalize pot in, uh, in New York recently? Anyway, anyway. And then, well, there's this one moment I wanted to share about Google Earth. This, I had that moment looking at the Earth as this giant wall and not even seeing the entirety of it and being, like, fuck, this is big. And then you can do this thing, and a lot of people have this moment with the sun in the game where you can reach out with one of your touch controls, grab the sun, and you can spin your arm around so that you can position the sun wherever you want so that you make it <laughs> night or day. And I was spinning it around and being all giddy and stupid. And then at some point, I just set it perfectly so that it was sunset. And I was in Tokyo, and it just looked like sunset. And I dropped it, and I looked, and I realized how we are coming so not close, but we're getting to this point where we can play God in the way where our technology is. So that was a crazy fuck me moment, and that was Whoa. VR for me in a year. But oh, um, VR had plenty of then those. Then me too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, that was a real surreal moment. But super hot VR is a game, and it's super badass, and it is my VR game of the year. So that's so my two wh- cents on VR. While I love the summation of Google Earth being a crazy fuck me moment. Uh, I am going to eliminate it just because it's not officially oh. a game. Yay! Well, mm. All right. Okay. Whatever. Fair. I didn't know that would be the effect of my speech. Come, come there. On, yeah. If I there's a fair fight. argument, it's that it's not a game. Come on. You can't. Can you really debate that? Yeah. It is yes, 2017, yes, okay. and we are still having the "it's not a game" argument. I Some know. things yeah. never change. 
Yeah. Whatever, let's move right along. I'm sorted okay. with Eric on that one, but that's fine. All right. Yeah. So let me help you call the list a little. Uh, Eve Valkyrie, absolutely amazing. Just uh, the single player is so damn short that it might as well be yeah. just multiplayer. So that can go. Gone. Okay. I think Thumper can go. Thumper's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Erroneous, Eric. I'm sorry, y'all, but like. No. Thumper, I mean... Thumper is cool in VR, but I don't think it does enough with the format of VR compared to other games here. Yeah, I don't think, uh, it, I don't think it's as widely yeah. uh, uh, engaging. I don't think you're going to have the same audience as you would for some of these other titles. Thumper is kind of, you know, a very specific genre. Yeah. I don't think it's going to have the same wide appeal. Yeah, it I just, can agree it with doesn't... that. It is way better in VR, but I can totally oh, agree sure. you yeah. don't need I'm VR. just going to yeah. take a wild stab in the dark here, but since you were the three that did VR, and we happen to have three votes for Batman Arkham VR... Yeah, did you guys no. all pick Batman I, VR? I did not. I, yeah. I don't know if I, I did. did, but I... I'm here, surprised okay, yeah. I got that many votes. It's yeah, short, I, but you're the motherfucking Batman. It's awesome. <laughs> I. <laughs> That's a pretty compelling argument, I gotta say. Here's my issue with VR, uh, with Batman VR, excuse me, is in the first uh, two missions or so, uh, when you have that moment with like the origin story, which is totally bizarre... But like, definitely very interesting. Um, and then you become Batman. That is one of the most badass VR moments of the year. Oh, totally. That that mirror comes down, and I didn't know what was happening. And like, I stepped back, like shocked, like, oh, there's a thing. And the Batman did it, and it just adopts all of your my minutia, like minute moments. Excuse me. And that's awesome. And then everything after that is just. Boring, boring to me and not not great like you're, yeah. you're looking for clues and stuff it was tedious and i didn't play the rest of the game because it was just it was a it was dull and well you could have played it quickly sure. it's not that long <laughs> yeah well, um, I, I couldn't be bothered I'll, I'll say that's not my game for sure besides uh, the instances was, that uh joe's talking about besides the whole middle until like the last five minutes just boring okay Damn. Yeah. all right so let me I talk agree. to you about a game that i think belongs in the top three i okay, expected sure. you to die so I yeah. expect you to die. Uh, is it's one hundred percent puzzles, and uh, it's it's almost a campy seventies style Bond era spy game. So that sounds you, awesome. You, you kind of start after everything has gone wrong. So like the first mission, you're supposed to steal this car from the bad guy from Blofeld Industries. So again, very much Bond, and you're in the car, and you're in the back of a plane. So you have to open the plane door and take the car out and escape with uh, this parachute that it has built into it. Well, as soon as you start messing with the car, it's trapped all to hell. So there's explosives and there's, uh, if you open the window, there's poisonous gas outside. There's bombs. There, it, it's crazy uh, puzzle uh, in VR. So, it's just it's hard to describe, but the puzzles are just super intuitive, but just devious enough to to be challenging. Uh, another one you're supposed to be kind of uh, masquerading as a window washer outside the super evil uh, headquarters, and you're supposed to be uh, stopping this bomb from going off. So you uh, break in through the window and have to mix up these chemicals and do it in a certain way and not get shot by the sniper that's in the window, you know, nearby. And it's just, it's a blast. And, uh, it's probably the, another one that's, that's really, really accessible. Anybody can pick this up and play it. It's, it's a blast. It's short. 
it's about three hours long, but again, it's it's like twenty bucks, and everybody who has VR should have this in their library. Yeah, it's a it's a really really cool game, and it does really interesting stuff with motion controllers and with sense of space. Uh, so, I, go sorry, I, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just say I, I agree. I think it needs to be a top three lock. So, side note, Ron, you sound like a Bond fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. So completely unrelated but i'm curious sean connery roger moore timothy dalton pierce brosnan george lazenby or daniel craig oh there's a correct answer here oh this is gonna make you upset but uh daniel craig yeah that actually doesn't make me that upset everybody everybody expects sean connery but no i'm not upset i've I've heard sean connery is the wrong answer all right we can still be friends yeah (laughs) timothy dalton pierce brosnan and daniel craig are the top three all right, I, I can... Brosnan, but we'll have another podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, as far as other stuff we can cut on here, I do actually think Super Hyper Q. Well, I won't say that yet, but Until Dawn, Rush of Blood is another one that I think can go. It's kind of just an on rails shooter with a little bit of it a horror. It is way better than I expected it to be, but it's definitely not a VR game I, of the year. I think it was my vote, nomination, and why well, I think it's probably my favorite VR game because I've only played a couple. Uh, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it makes top three. God, you are Eagle a good Flight man, Zach. I, I like you. <laughs> I don't know Eagle about Eagle Flight. Flight. Yeah, Eagle I, Flight is well, amazing. Just conceive, yeah. I, I let me let me tell you why Eagle, Eagle Flight, Flight is amazing. Uh, it is the first. It is the first game that my wife has played from start to finish without me touching. Guys, it. we're getting a common trend here. If the if the wife approves, then Ron approves. Hey, hey you know <laughs> what? I, I think my household is not all that different from Ron's. I've been questing for a game that my wife can pick up and finish all on her own. Yeah. Yep. She she played it from start to finish. She loved every second of it. In fact, while we were on this podcast just now, she was upstairs playing it. So winner. That's, that's the winner. Done. Yep. It's got uh, it's got legs. Well, oh, wait, well, hold on. No legs. Batman, Batman wait, was just definitely. not marked as. We're not. We're it's not been, it's been marked green winning. for a long time. Yeah, I, that was probably okay, my bad. Oh. I'm not sure if that was me or not. I've had quite a few swigs of whiskey at this point, so okay, things are getting a little okay. bit hazy, but I'm holding so, it together. Uh, back to um, uh, Eric's agenda of uh, axing. Uh, I, I definitely concede Thumper. Love Thumper. One of my games for sure of the year, but uh, I agree. There are other games that. Uh, implement the systems of uh, okay. VR better. Thumper's uh, gone. Eagle Flight, it's uh, Ron, Ron. My top calling. three Eagle is, is good, in so order. That's... Eagle Flight, I Expect You to Die, and Batman. All right, uh, so literally the other three for me are no, my we, top three. We <laughs> haven't so heard, this is incredible. We haven't heard anything about Job Simulator yet, and i got to say I'm Job curious Simulator about can, that. can go, but I really like what job simulator does that's another one of those ones that's like the first time people play vr this is a really good one to stick them in because they just you do really mundane jobs like running a food truck or fixing a car but there's so much room for it to go wrong and for that to create like fun situations like i think it's a really good game if you have a group of people over and they all want to try vr because it has really good setup for it's super intuitive playing it and then everyone else be watching them play it and be able to like like i had it set up to where one person was playing it in the room and everybody else was watching it on another screen and it's a really good spectator experience as well uh it's it's one of those ones like ron said it's if you have vr you need to have it in your library it's it's a must-have but i don't think it's there's a yeah there's a lot a lot of these games not a lot of these games but some of these games it's all it's about the spectacle uh job simulator is certainly about that 
uh, unless you're really digging it and you want to play all of the jobs. Uh, so it was one of my games of VR games of the year on this list, but I definitely would concede it to something like Eagle Flight, which sounds like just like uh, the mechanically is awesome and uh, immersively and you know as a VR game, it's awesome. The Batman, one... I swear, is not worthy of top yeah, three. Yeah, I like, totally agree cool with you. Um, yeah. I don't think so either. But um, I, I think the two that I think need to be on our top three are I Expect You to Die and Super Hot VR. Those are the two yeah, that that's are just me, That's me. I, yeah, I agree. If those are up there, I'm a, I'm a happy camper for sure. So uh, have we heard any arguments for Super Hypercube other than when Ron thought uh, Super Hypercube <laughs> was, was something <laughs> other than it isn't? It's a cool game. Uh, I don't think it yeah. needs to be on the top three, though. It, it is a cool game that the VR is essential to the mechanics, but they are, they're not subtle, but it's not, um, I wouldn't say that they are something that sells VR. It's just because you can inspect this shape that you are uh, creating and you're trying to pass through these walls. The way it works is just you have this three-dimensional cubic shape that keeps getting uh, cubes added onto it like a Lego piece. And um, walls keep coming towards you, two-dimensional walls with cutouts, two-dimensional cutouts, uh, that the shape can fit through, but you have to spin it in a certain way by turning it 90 degrees uh, left, right, up, or down. Uh, and it needs to be turned in a certain way that it'll fit through this shaped wall. And it's a very cool puzzle game. And as you keep getting through walls, then it adds more pieces, and you have to inspect it by uh, getting different angles on it. So that's what why it requires VR. You have to get different perspectives on it. It's not this extreme VR experience that a lot of these are. Uh, so it doesn't need to be on there. Um, Ron, uh, you have one more chance to sell me on Batman, man, because I, uh, I, I'm Eagle Flight looked pretty sweet. And uh, Batman, I was not sold on after the first, say, hour. Well, Ron's wife just gave it uh, a game of the year. So (laughs) I I think we're just rolling with Eagle Flight. I think that's the end of it. Uh, I like Eagle Flight super hot, and I expect you to die as the top three here. I know know Batman Arkham got, like, votes, but I think it got it more for, like, just more people had played it than anything else. And I, I just don't think it does anything exceptional ron did I you want to say something about batman i think it seemed like you no, were about I... to say something and you got cut off no i'm good with uh with eagle flight i expect you to die in super hot hitting the, the top three i'm mm-hmm. good with that all right so all right. are we gonna duke it out for a number one or are we gonna leave it at those three all right, if we want to name i think if we want to name think... a number one i'm cool with any one of these winning i don't have that much of a dog in a fight i think super hot's my favorite but yeah, uh, I've only cool played super hot of the top three, so I, that would be my vote. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like Ron's wife is the tiebreaker. You <laughs> 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 fight for the win. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Here oh, we go. All right. All right. <laughs> fair, fair I would. Play. I would vote for the top three, but I the, mean, sure. the gavel. Uh, the gavel is fight. chosen. It's Eagle Flight. There it is. Super right. Hot's only available on Oculus Touch, right? Or is it? Well, I, you know, I don't. I don't like considering that it is. It is a game. It's in VR and it's it's the best one as far as yeah I, I know I just it, it kind of bummed me out when I heard about that because I was like man that's sure. like one that everyone needs to play because yeah it's should have come to if, PS I'm sure if you guys yeah. can find like a friend or someone who has Oculus, find a friend uh, it's yeah, chosen or befriend by someone for sure 
and get get your hands on Super Hot VR because it is regardless of how awesome I can't imagine how awesome Eagle Fight must be to be better than Super Hot. I'm telling you, man. But uh, it's yeah. good stuff. So Alrighty. with that, we are going to move on to the next category, which is another honorable mention category, and that is DLC slash expansions. Joe, would you like to uh, go ahead and present this? Yeah. Part? So we we had listed this as honorable mention uh, because of our system of if you didn't vote for a lot. Uh, if there weren't a lot of votes for a certain uh, topic, and if there were a lot of people opting out of a topic, then uh, we don't discuss it. However, uh, I can see there being some want for discussion here, so we'll, we might open it up quickly, uh, not like a longer than five minutes of talk. Uh, and I think because also there's a clear winner, as far as I can tell. I have not played The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine, but it seems like the winner. We have The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine with four uh, overlapping votes. We also have Fallout 4 Far Harbor, Destiny Rise of Iron, which I played, uh, as well as Fallout, Path of the Ex- Path of Exile, Atlas of Worlds, and Total War Warhammer, which Mike is the aficionado of here. Um, I've played at least two of these, uh, and I while I played them and I enjoyed them, and I also played Hearthstone, which I didn't nominate, uh, there, it's uh, expansions. Um, I did not care for much of the expansions. Like Destiny Rise of Iron, I'm a big Destiny fan. Did not love Rise of Iron at all. Um, I like some of the new weapons and uh, the new maps, but other than that, uh, the actual uh, story that it brought along with it was not compelling to me at all. Uh, so I, I, from what I can gather, The Witcher is a winner. Do we? Does anyone want to speak to this topic uh, in any in any I, capacity. I, I would like to. Um, I just want to say two things. I think, one, The Witcher is a lock with, with that many votes in a category that doesn't have a ton of nominations. I think The Witcher is just a lock. Um, and, and I will say that I did not vote for it because I haven't played it, but I still think it's a lock. Um, but what I really want to say is that Total War Warhammer, for me, um, has a ridiculous amount of longevity with the amount of expansions and DLCs that are going to be coming out. There's just so much lore in the Warhammer Fantasy universe and so many factions that have yet to be introduced. So many like whole continents of the world that haven't even been added yet. There is, I mean, they've got, I would say, two or three times the amount of content yet to add so uh, that they that they have already got so that that game is just going to go and go and go and and I can't wait. That's all I want to say. Okay, Dude, we don't have to dwell on it too long. But Mike, could you say that there is a DLC or expansion? You've explained to me the uh, the format of Total War Warhammer's DLC and expansions, and I know it's a little um, it's a bit more unique than other games uh, format. But is there like a specific one? that uh, spoke to you the most this year? Mm, probably the most recent one, the Wood Elves expansion, which, and, and I would say for, for a lot of Total War Warhammer, it's arguable as whether or not they are officially DLC or expansion. Some of them are firmly DLC, like when they just add a Lord and a unit or two, but when they add an entire faction and a whole bunch of cities and a section on the map, that's more of an expansion in my mind. Um, and there's a hell of a lot more of that yet to come. Um, oh. But but for my money, it's the most recent one, which is the Wood Elves. Okay. I need to get All back right, into that and see yeah. the Wood Elves stuff. The Wood Elves like are a lot. just, they're, they're like 
they're like chaos times ten. They just go to war with everyone. If you're if you're not playing the Wood Elves, you're gonna hate the Wood Elves. Period. All right, so there's uh, unless anyone else has something to add, uh, it does seem like a lock. Witcher three, Blood and Wine. A lot of people are regarding it as just as good as say the base game itself. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but a lot of people. And um, uh, we're not necessarily deciding a winner because it's an honorable mention. But I mean, I think we can move on. Witcher's a winner. Yeah, sure. Which is definitely the winner. So okay. moving along to a seriously heavyweight category this year, we've got multiplayer. And uh, within that, we've got Gears of War comes in. Gears, sorry, Gears of War 4 comes in at three votes. Overwatch, which at least right now looks like the clear winner with seven votes. Battlefield 1 with two votes. Jackbox Party Pack 3. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good game. game. Battle, Battleborn, uh, which is also interesting in the face of Overwatch. Um, Overcooked with two votes. Titanfall 2 with two votes. Forza 3 and Street Fighter 5. So I propose, and, mm-hmm. and I'm saying this as a Battlefield 1 fan, not an Overwatch fan, but I propose we just make Overwatch the lock. Yeah, Overwatch is a lock. I don't think anybody's going to deny that. Nope. I got yeah, no yeah, I got I to that. Eric Eric put it pretty succinctly before that Overwatch, while I argued against it, Overwatch did more for multiplayer than it did for just the shooter genre. And it really did. Agreed. Like, it it rewards you in so many ways that aren't just like kill death ratio. And like I love yeah. the play of the game. I love the cards that you can upvote for each other yeah. at the end. Like, yeah, that game is uh-huh. far and away, in my opinion, the best multiplayer game of the year. Uh, Too so bad for salvage parts from a MMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. It's the, the the narrative of Overwatch from like before its release and now after its release is really interesting. But anyway, Overwatch multiplayer of the year for sure. So my, with that in mind, thing. would anybody like to say anything about any of the other ones? Because that's a massive category with yeah. some seriously big games. So, so if anybody wants to say something about a game that they that they just loved, go ahead. Yeah. Eric, Do we want to whittle it down to a top three? Or, or do we just want to leave it at Oof. Overwatch? Um, <laughs> it's gonna be a fight all night. That's gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, gonna that might be. Take a while. Yeah, um, you're, you're looking at a good two hours there. Let me let me just give a little lament here for Overwatch's uh, often overlooked little brother, uh, Battleborn. Um, yeah. <laughs> those of you who played Battleborn at launch uh, did not get to see what a lot of us saw. In Battleborn, because you know nobody bought Battleborn, <laughs> nobody played Battleborn. So, um, I, that that game is definitely one of the biggest. If we had like uh, a category here for like most missed potential, uh, Battleborn is that game. Uh, I think, and I still stand by the fact that I think it had a lot going for it initially, and it it could have been something really really good, but. Uh, some issues with design compounded by the fact that it just got barely any post-launch support and nobody was playing it, so there wasn't really even multiplayer matches to be had, just turned it into a case of it just tanked. And yeah, I think that it by gets, itself, and then uh, pit it up against Overwatch. Which it it is gets... A similar game, sort of similar. Yeah, you know, it's a it gets crapped based. on a lot more than I think it needs to get crapped on, because, but also it is... It hitched its wagon to like we were talking about like multiplayer only games like Battleborn, even in its single player, like hitched to multiplayer by the, you know, the fact that it's like, oh, it's like a co-op, you know, thing. You play it with your friends, the you play the campaign with your friends and all that. 
And there are parts of that campaign that you have to play multiplayer. Like, I don't think I could beat them as a single player. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a really good game. It lived and died by having a player base and having post-launch support, and it got neither of those, so it became a bad game because of that. But playing it pre-launch on those servers was was something else. I really wish it could have lived up to that stuff. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, sure. If uh, you just a minute on... Uh, well, Battlefield 1, uh, Mike, I'm sure you would talk all night about it. I, Absolutely, I love Battlefield I would. 1. We've, pl- we've played a couple nights of battlefield one and that's a fantastic game i do want to give an honorable mention a shout out to overcooked uh yes. couch co-op yes. is yes. It, i wouldn't say over uh couch co-op is hard to come by nowadays uh but it is slowly becoming this thing that isn't it is not a focus of the mainstream for sure at this point um and overcooked is a a, a case study and why it should be because overcooked was definitely my couch co-op experience of the year yeah. uh it's it was so much fun playing with my friends uh we played multiple hours of overcooked uh and almost broke serious relationships over it uh i i never thought uh a a, a kitchen a chef kitchen simulator as it were would be something that i would hold in contention with something mm-hmm. as uh as high caliber as overwatch but it certainly was for me it's really uh, Overwatch is my okay. winner easily, but it's a great game, yeah. And, uh, and everyone should try it out if they can. One quick note as well, uh, Jackbox Party Pack 3 is incredible. Uh, <laughs> those those games continue. Like I think Party Pack 3 is the best one since the original. Uh, I didn't like 2 as much, but uh, Party Pack 3 is incredible. And if you have friends who literally do not play video games, and they come over and you want to have a really good time... Like, just boot up Party Pack 3, and they will all love it, and they will all have fun, and you will just... Yeah, it'll, it'll lead to a night of good stuff. It's Yep, it's I gotta back you up on that. It's my staple for when we have parties, and we've got kind of a lull in the party. I'll boot that up and throw it on the big screen. Everybody jumps in and has a blast with it. it it's a must It's just... The fact that can, you don't have to use controllers, that everything is controlled by, like, you just open your phone and go to jackbox.tv and log in there... And you just control everything there. It's just, it's brilliant, and I wish more games would do it because it just. Okay, works so I was so- gonna save face and just let it slide and look it up on Wikipedia later. But like, can you guys bro give us a quick? Joe, don't uh, worry, I'm right there with Jackbox. you. I've never yeah, heard exactly. of it, and, and, it and it sounds yeah. awesome. This, this game is you basically you boot it up on your your PS4, your Xbox, your Steam, whatever, and uh, you choose from a list of games. Like, one of them is Quiplash, and so you open up Quiplash, and it puts a room code up on the screen, everybody pulls out their phone or their computer or whatever, and types in a room code, and then enters the room that way, and so now the phone is their controller, and so then you're oh. in, you're playing the game, and it'll be like, uh, ten, like, worst name for a children's serial, and like, everybody will put in something, and it'll put them up head-to-head, and you vote for it, which one you think is better, and it's you know it does like it has a lot of takes on Pictionary oh, wow. and, and other games like that. So it's like kind of like a like a multiplayer or like a virtual board game kind yes. of deal. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like a party. It's a party game like collection, like literally. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah that sounds like awesome. But it Jack makes Fox really good party use of phones. pack. Wow. Yeah, like it's Sorry. literally what it is. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I cannot recommend this. There are three of them in the series, and it's I cannot recommend them enough. They're so so good. 
So right, Mike, I'm redacting my vote for Overwatch. I'm putting it on Jackbox. Clearly yeah, I'm, a game. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking game. about rescinding on Battlefield. Wait, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm never going to do that. Um, Zach or Ken, do you have anything to add on any of these? No. I only played Overwatch, so. Ken, tell me about Street Fighter Five. Fucking perfect. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Well, that, that, that about sums that up. Um, let, did you have anything else to add, Ken? Seriously? No, I, I just think Street Fighter Five is for all the shit that has gotten over the past almost it's almost a year at this point because we're in twenty seventeen. Um, I, I don't think anything regarding like lack of modes and stuff like that really undermines just how great of a core fighting game that is. And I wish more people would acknowledge that. And that's about it. Okay, fair enough. So with that, we're going to move on again to the surprise category. And just for all the listeners out there, uh, surprise is one of three categories we have left. So we're almost there if you're if you're hanging in this long. And if you are, thank you. So uh, in surprise, we've got Titanfall 2 with three votes. Uh, I believe this is me again with Homeworld Deserts of Karak. Uh, super hot. Doom with three votes, Fury, Pony Island with three votes, Oxenfree with two votes, Inside, Hitman, Super Mario Run, The Last Guardian, and The Silver Case re-release. Yo, shout-outs to whoever put that on this list, because that is a deep cut, and I appreciate that. We got a travesty here, Gary. That's another one. Of well, so are <laughs> we, wait, that was are we eliminating The Silver Case? No, I'm... I'm incorrect. Hold on. It's uh, no. I think Travis's was Fury. I would put money down saying that Travis's was Fury. All right. Well, that means we eliminate Fury. <laughs> Silver case. I don't know. Uh, that's 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 a deep cut. No, no wait, what, Christian. I, I it was, appreciate no, 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 it. It was Christian DeCoster put it in. That's that's so a that deep was, cut, and I like it. Yeah. All right. So we have we have three games that are all tied with three votes: Pony Island, Doom. And Titanfall 2. Does anybody object to those just being the default top three? I will make a case for one other game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is... game is Hitman. Uh, Word. The, True. the game that nobody oh, expected man. to be good. Like, I think it fits this category incredibly well because everyone saw, oh, the next Hitman game is going to be episodic and rolled their eyes and went, good God, Square Enix, why are you doing this? And then by the end of 2016, I think it was clear that not only was this new Hitman game incredible, possibly even better than every other Hitman game that has come out, but the episodic structure worked incredibly well for Hitman. I mean, the fact that you had all these different ways of going back to the maps every month with new challenges, elusive targets, the way they implemented all that stuff in, the extra episodes they did outside the main episodes, like... They nailed episodic structure better than 99% of games that do episodic structure, and I think Hitman deserves a spot on this list. I'm going to go ahead and say no, 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 and no to everything you said with Hitman. I loved the game. Uh, It was definitely not the best in the series. The episodic format was definitely not a good decision and did not do anything good for the series, in my opinion, and I don't believe it deserves a top three, and it's not a surprise. It was definitely a surprise. Nobody thought it was going to be good. Yeah, no, I'm it, was with Eric. Uh, the format, it was a the, bad surprise. Well, well it was Mike episodic. is dis- in disagreement of how it worked. Uh, a lot of people, Mike spoke on the podcast about how he was not a fan of the format. I've heard 
Hand of a Fist from everyone else that it was actually a surprisingly excellent format uh, that it allowed uh, people to explore those um, areas. Mike, Mike, we've spoken about this, uh, but like like you had said that having all the maps and all of these uh, explorable spaces um, was uh, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be limited to like you getting that area every month. Like you can explore those spaces on your own time if you get it all at once. You can do but whatever the hell you want. You don't need to. Yeah, of course, of course. But, it, but uh, that is something that everyone I speak to about this game, I haven't played the game myself again, but everyone I speak to about this game just keeps harping on about that. And it was certainly a surprise. The fact that just... it is highly regarded and like the. It's so highly regarded for the format, and it was a very questionable decision uh, as far as most people were concerned uh, who were commenting on it, and, and it seems to have worked out great. So I the think elusive it definitely targets were also like a major part of that, like having those events where they would say, like, okay, elusive target this weekend, you've only got three days to take it out. Like, that was a really cool thing to have to be like, okay, you got to, like, make time and set aside to get this one chance to take out this target and then doing like the Christmas episode and the summer episodes that they did. And they really made Hitman feel like a living platform and not just a solid game. And they did it in a way that I didn't feel interrupted the natural flow of Hitman and even encouraged you to spend some more time to get involved with the community challenges and the developer made challenges that were in these maps. Cause these maps were incredible. Like, Marrakesh is probably the weakest among the bunch, but like Sapienza, the Paris Showstopper, even Colorado and Takedo are all incredible Hitman maps. And having the time to really like go around, poke at them, and then have the developers create new things for them in response to the players was something that was we haven't seen it before in Hitman, and I think it worked really, really well. I right, would so, agree yeah. that the maps are amazing, and I would agree that it was a surprise but I would contend that the surprise was a negative surprise, a shitty surprise and a decision that they shouldn't have made and something that did not help the series. And as, hold on, I'm not done. I am not Ah. done, sir. Uh, And, and as someone who has compromised a whole lot throughout this entire podcast and sacrificed his feelings on just about every damn category, I am going to invoke the authority of the gavel and say no to Hitman. It is hereby eliminated. Damn! Oh, damn, dude, I, damn. Just like that. I, I made my I, case, and the reasonable listeners will hear me and hear the truth, right. and they will know that my, my resistance preacher. will be heard. I have a vendetta <laughs> against Square Enix for the episodic format of Hitman, yeah, if that is not already I clear. Just, I, will, I will just say, Mike, uh, saying that it, it didn't work... It's probably not because it is, by and large, from what I hear, uh, is a popular uh, choice, and it seems to have worked, and it, it seems to have been a success. So that I would question you on. But look, like we said, you are you are the um, you are the definitive authority here. That so it's the first we'll and only time I have unilaterally. God, I can't even. All talk right, now. well, play your unilaterally. You get a jail free card yeah. if you like. That's totally I, fine. I think if Hitman is not on this list, then I think the ones that have the most votes right now are are good nods. I think Titanfall 2, Doom, and Pony Island were all very good surprises and good in their own right. I think Titanfall it it got a lot of votes and I agree with it. Um, although a lot of people were positive on it and expected something great from it. A lot of people even expected great uh, good things from Titanfall 2 even before the game was announced. 
because uh, everyone expects, you know, when we when something comes out that we show interest in but feels a little half-baked, we're always excited for that sequel that comes out that gives us the real experience, right? And I think I was not surprised that Titanfall was good and was well-received. I knew that they had something great with Titanfall 1, and they just needed to get a single-player campaign that uh, spoke to the audience and, moreover, uh, work on their system so that it didn't feel uh, so fast and so... um, it didn't. It felt a little more bland after you got over the uh, sheer speed and fluidity of Titanfall One. So I wasn't surprised by Titanfall. I might have listed it as one of mine, but now thinking about it over, I don't know if I agree with that one. Doom, yes. Pony Island, absolutely. My surprises that I listed were Super Mario Run and Last Guardian. So obviously I would vote for those, but I invite uh, contradiction for those because I'm the only one who voted. So, for me, uh, the super- biggest one is Doom. Uh, I don't think anybody ever expected a single-player game to be anywhere near as good as Doom. And it had legs, too. I mean, the game was long, like a dozen mm-hmm. hours. That's yeah. just unprecedented for that series. Mm-hmm. The The I first five minutes of Doom were, like, the biggest surprise for me. Like, I've never gone zero to 100 on a game. So, And, like, oh. when, I, when I start a game, I try to go in, like, okay, let the game speak for itself. Don't, like, think about, you know because of the nature of this stuff that we do. Like, we play previews of these games all the time. We see trailers for them all the time. Like, okay, go in, zero, like, no expectations, no thinking down on it, let's see what this is. And then in the first, like, minute, you are crushing this demon skull, and then it just gives you a pistol. It's like, go, be Doom guy. And I was just like, all right, cool, yeah, I'm in this. Like, the second it got to demonic invasion in progress on the computer screen, I was just like, oh my god, this game knows what it is and it's doing it so well and it's just beautiful. For as much and then as capping I that with that elevator with ride up with the seven string guitar riff and the freaking title screen and the then shotgun cock. the shotgun. Oh, oh my so god, good. man. Oh. For, anyway. for as much as I disagreed with Eric on Hitman, I am 100% in agreement with you on Doom. That was, and and I just, this is fresh for me because I played it, at the, like the whole thing, I only bought it during the Steam Winter Sale. So I bought it a week ago, I yeah, gotta I've, guess. I've only and, been playing it for about two weeks now, too. And, and I'm yeah, just really sad. God that damn, I, that first five minutes. I mean, the whole game, but the first five minutes was just unreal. I felt like a kid back in the 90s again. That was incredible. I mean, that was... that, And, so, and yeah. I did not expect that at all. I would, So I would say, yeah, Doom is definitely probably my surprise of the year. Save for my other two votes. Uh, I'll just speak for them now just so that we can eliminate them. Uh, Super Mario Run, it's just shocking that uh, Super Mario came to uh, this, <laughs> not not the winner, <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Sorry. So, so I mean, sure, no, 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 yeah, yeah, so Super Mario Run, co- Super Mario coming to iPhone uh, and to mobile and a non-Nintendo uh, product was just incredible. Uh, I know it's not part of the game itself, but Miyamoto taking the stage at an Apple event is just like a real seminal moment. It could be a seminal moment in the history of video games and Nintendo. Uh, that was really interesting. And then the game itself was actually very good, in my opinion. Or at least the base game and the coin, uh, the like three purple coin, three pink coin runs were really, really cool. And I'm still playing it and love it. Last Guardian is a surprise for me because... Like, b- despite all the serious video game. it has, yeah, but uh, despite it being, yes, a just actually by design broken game, like, it's not a 
very buggy game, but it's just a broken game in design, uh, especially in that fucking camera. But other than that, it was shocking to me that I actually loved it. So I'm that was a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it actually came out. That is actually really on my PS4, and I can play it. Insane. So those are my surprises. Uh, Doom is uh, definitely you, the popular. Are you eliminating right Last Guardian, so. Joe? I just want. Yeah, Last Super Mario and Last Guardian eliminated. Okay. I just want to have my voice heard as I always do. So and, and we decided the silver case was Christian, right? No, no, uh, yeah, Christian, yes. The silver so, case is a really weird thing that if you like Pseudo-51's stuff, if you're into um, Killer7 and stuff like that, and you want to see like where Suda got weird, um, it's a good way to do that. But um, I, I haven't stand played up too, to the others? I haven't played too much of it, and from what I know of it, it's just a really cool thing. I don't know if it's like something that you need to necessarily experience, so I don't, I don't know if it stands up in this category. I don't think it does. Anybody else? That that sounds like a no. Cool. All right. So what about Inside? I know there have been a lot of strong feelings about Inside throughout uh, this podcast and the previous. I don't think I it was a surprise. Eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. I expected it to be good. Yeah. Okay. That, that's I mean, one of those things. It was coming from the guy who made Limbo. Like we kind yeah. of knew what game he was going to make. Okay. Fair the, enough. The reason why it's probably on the list is because uh, one, the shocking nature of especially the climax, but just of how good it is. But we all expected it to be good. Moreover, that it did just kind of come up. Like, we hadn't heard about it except just small rumblings of, like, yeah, we're still working on it. Uh, since its announcement at uh, some E3, I think it was 2013, 2014. Yeah, it was, it was in, like, an Xbox show in 2014, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And then it just disappeared. And then this year, uh, everyone got codes. It's like, oh, it's here, and it's done. Here, play it. And that was just surprising. Uh, but it doesn't hold up to these other... Uh, you know, uh, bombshells like say Pony Island. I want to hear uh, if we, if I could just pass it off to Zach for a second, because Zach is a huge advocate for Pony Island, and this I think they it could take it if not Doom. So Zach, could you? Give I, us I think an it beats out Doom and Titanfall, the other ones that got three. Oh man! Like those both, they had pre-orders with like statues and stuff, and like they were shown off at all these events. Pony Island was a game that was made by like one guy with the help of like one or two other people that no one really heard of. Most of my friends still don't know what the game is. And <laughs> like I, I just bought it on a whim one night. And from that point on, I've been telling my friends about it. I was completely blown away by it. And easily probably the biggest surprise I've had in games for like three years. Yeah, I like Pony Island on this list. It's it's I, one I, of those I saw it on Steam and decided to buy it and ended up loving it. Games and those are always awesome. You know, I hadn't I I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, the way you put it, Zach, and uh, you you make a extremely compelling argument. I think actually based on that, um, as far as I'm concerned, I think Pony Island takes it. And I haven't even played it, but when you when you think about how popular. Titanfall One was, despite its flaws and despite the fact there was no single fault, uh, you know, single player, and how popular Doom has been since what the mid '90s, isn't that when it came out? The mid '90s, I think. Sure, I it's mean, also the narrative of Doom Four. Like it, it was just troubled since we first heard of Doom Four, and then of it becoming rebranded as Doom, and then us, and then a lot of outlets getting review copies only the day of and it's just everything was questionable about doom and everything was against it as far as anyone would guess and it was just so fantastic so that's really 
the power of Doom as a surprise. I, I, I was certainly surprised by not getting copies until after the damn game launched. That was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if we have a um, surprise for not getting categories before the game launched, then then I, I suppose Doom would take it. But uh, yeah. I I think in the wake of what Zach said, I think Pony Island takes it. Does anybody does anybody want to fight me on that? I Doom and or Pony Island as surprise of the year is is definitely viable as far as I'm concerned. But when you when you think about it in terms of like Zach said, did you say it was only one guy that develops it? Yeah, mostly. The developer is, I think, Daniel Mullins. I think that's what the developer yeah, is actually named. Yeah, he made it on a uh, Ludum Dare, I want to say, or one of those game jams. And then he, he just liked the concept and ended up finishing it with the help of some other guys. I, I would say that that fact right there has to single it out. Yeah, so it looks like the top three, unless there's uh, argument for otherwise, Titanfall. Doom, Pony Island, and Pony Island takes it, as far as I can see. I would agree with that. Yes, no? Okay. Good. <laughs> that sounds okay. It sounds like Pony Island's the winner. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> it, had to, it had to get its due at some point. Made it awkward. <laughs> get it, no, Pony. No. All right, so uh, second to last category is Best Developer of the Year. So and this one. <laughs> oh, actually, though, wait, didn't uh, Joe? Did you did you want to do something? You wanted to do. Oh yeah, um, so let's just get you, one more uh, an impromptu honorable mention. Uh, we had it actually scheduled after uh, even finalizing the list, but uh, we had regrettably uh, opted out of listing Wii U Games of the Year because uh, Nintendo just drastically dropped the ball as far as uh, Wii U releases. For whatever reasons, you know, we can debate all night if it's good or bad, uh, you know, with the Switch coming up and whatnot. Uh, I think it's still always terrible to just not release games so, for the entire year. So but here's the hot we have, We do have a Wii U game that uh, Eric Wii is U very game. passionate about. <laughs> yeah. Here's the hot take. You said Nintendo dropped the ball. Nintendo did indeed drop the ball, and Atlas picked it right up with... Uh, right. Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, which was I didn't put it in contention for best RPG because I didn't feel it needed to be um, because I already knew that the Wii U category existed and it's it's just better there. Um, it's basically a Persona game but with Fire Emblem infused into it and it's about uh, J-pop idols fighting demons who create bad feelings in people with music and swords and it's pretty awesome. Of course it is. It's like the most anime Saturday morning cartoon like everything in it is over the top but it does it with such gusto that it's just like you can't not love it for how cheesy it is and I mean like the fact that it, it does so much to refine the persona fighting system. And it also, um, I mean, there you gain the ability halfway in to like your characters will burst out into impromptu sessions where they just start like singing and dancing. And it creates like an ice storm whirlwind that completely wrecks your foes randomly and stuff like that. Like it, it just goes so over the top and commits to it. And it makes really good use of the Wii U gamepad too. You use it as like a phone that can text people and stuff like that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it makes really good use of the gamepad, so I think it should get a nod there. Uh, I didn't mention it in RPG just because I think as an RPG, it's basically just Persona, but uh, it's it's a cool game and it uses the Fire Emblem stuff in an interesting way as well. So, 
Cool. So yeah, an easy pick. Uh, Wii U honorable mention. Uh, Wii U game of the year, probably Tokyo Mirage Session. So yeah, just wanted to throw that in there before we move on to our last two topics of the evening. The first of which is best developer of the year, and within that we've got Blizzard, which comes in with five votes. Play Dead with four votes. Naughty Dog also with four votes. Dice, Studio Wildcard, Digital Extremes, 343 Industries, Chucklefish Games, Respawn, Arcane, and Thilka Incorporated. And what I am going to propose, and I'm sure I'm going to get some pushback on this, is that we just eliminate everything except Blizzard Playdead and Naughty Dog. So I, I wouldn't eliminate Chucklefish because, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Eric or anyone else who knows about Stardew Valley and it's uh, that's creation. not Stardew Valley. I think Valley. that's one uh, what Isn't Chucklefish it? games. I thought I thought Chucklefish was something. Yeah, Chucklefish is Stardew. Oh yeah, okay, there's Stardew. Oh, so, yeah, Stardew. Uh, so is that a one man yeah. team? Is that a one man game? Uh, I think it's a small team, but there's mostly they have one 16 guy. Employees. Oh okay, yeah. Um, there's usually so one I guy. I could have sworn Stardew. Yeah, I could have sworn it was one a one man game. Maybe I, I well, guess you swore so. wrong, Look, sir. Well, we are we are I'm, I'm contributors to a video game website, and we oh, so Chucklefish is a developer is publisher on Stardew, not developer. oh, well, here we go. So yeah, the designer Eric, and programmer Eric Barone yeah. is the designer of Stardew. Yeah. According to good old Wikipedia, Eric Barone is the guy. So yeah, uh, I guess I would change this to Eric. So Barone, the things uh, that we have a team name. Yeah, the things that Chucklefish developed this year is pretty small, actually. Yeah, uh, no, I would start would change it. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I um the I think the nomination was specifically trying to delineate yeah Eric Brown for Stardew Valley. Well, and that's a perfect reason so. to eliminate it. Well, but, but, but Eric, replace, but it, with replace it with Eric Barone, exactly. I don't know. I don't know if you get second chances at this point or anything. Oh, uh, well, okay. All right. Come on. Eric Brown. Well, the word should be. Didn't make any other votes, man. I know. I, like I know. Eric I'm Brown sorry, but it's gone. Here. Let me just say that. Well, sorry, uh, okay. We should just. Uh, at least we're acknowledging that Eric Brown created an incredible game. Like, one man games, uh, it's very easy to see them as, uh, you know, like you forgive their flaws for the fact that they are one-man games with something like Pony Island, which, which is now, which later was uh, worked on by multiple people. And then Axiom Verge is an excellent Metroidvania, you know, that it, it doesn't hold up to Super Metroid or Castlevania because it, just for what whatever reasons, but you ignore them when you're trying to regard the game because it's, um, or recommend the game because it's made by one person. Uh, Stardew Valley in its own right, is an incredible game. So I think it's worth um, recognizing. I think we'll talk about that in the next category. (laughs) Sure, why not? So uh, other than that, yeah, in in my mind, I see Blizzard played in a Naughty Dog as uh, the standout developers for the games they created and the games they supported, uh, depending on what situation you're looking at. So 343 released anything this year? No, there's not. No, they, but, uh, I think that was a travesty. Halo... <laughs> <laughs> they supported. Look, they supported Halo Five and brought it to PC with Halo 
Forge and custom games. So they supported uh, one of the developer of the year doesn't necessarily need to be a uh, developer that released a game, but since so many developers released freaking games this year, that's normally what takes the uh, award. I'm just gonna throw this out there, since uh, Travis reviewed Gears of War four, if I remember correctly, for Gaming Trend. Do you think it's possible he confused three four three with um? No, what's he the team from Vancouver? Keep thinking Black Tusk, but that's not what their name is anymore. Coalition. Yeah, the, whatever. It's the um, studio out of Vancouver. It's the coalition. coalition. Yeah, the yeah, coalition. coalition. That's there it. we go. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and on that note, with confusion, I just realized that I am uh, drunkenly dyslexic, and I said Thelka instead of Thecla Incorporated. So oh, okay. pardon me. Anyway, um, let's. Uh, so let's. Who's got uh, developer here. of the year? Like a definitive developer of the year here. A definitive one, I think, is Blizzard. Not just for Overwatch either, for Hearthstone as well. Um, I think uh, it's sure. Incredible job. Before we get to a number one, if you're if you're going to say that Blizzard is a definitive, then I think it's fair to argue that Blizzard, Play Dead, and Naughty Dog are the top three. I'm totally okay with that. I concur. Yeah, I'm good with that. Ken. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Debate. Yeah, no, no, god damn. Uh, All right, so somebody, somebody defend Naughty Dog because I'm tired of hearing about goddamn Uncharted 4. Well, then you you should not ask someone to defend Naughty Dog. I just want to get it over with. I, I could see any three. Look, Blizzard is, um, is doing lots and lots of work. So it's easy to see them as the number one. Uh, ju- well, just as the one that we would regard as the developer of the year. Um, or recognize, excuse me. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking switching up my words here. So, um, But any three of these I could see as our, uh, as our number one uh, occupier, I guess. I just, Naughty Dog is certainly one that speaks to me uh, because of just, you know... That speaks, giving Naughty Dog the developer of the year speaks to uh, looking back at the narrative of Uncharted as a series, uh, as a story, and as a, as a franchise. Um, and that is when you look at Uncharted 4, uh, looking outside of it as just a singular game, looking at it as a wrap-up of a series. Uh, giving that developer of the year is um, something that I think is worth considering. I understand the Blizzard argument because yes it does have other games that's supporting currently i am a huge hearthstone fan i fell off a lot this year because i wasn't a big fan of the a couple one of the expansions especially um one night in kazakhstan yeah that one was uh, no, no not kazakhstan whatever it's called i'm sorry one kazakhstan. one night Karazan. Karazan. yeah Karazan. that one wasn't great but i think the newest one uh really righted the boat in that way and fixed some of the stuff that they yeah. added i do agree um I would personally give it to Naughty Dog. Just, I mean, even just for the Crash Bandicoot Easter egg. I mean, that was <laughs> fucking killer, man. That was just so on the money. Um, and that's a developer move, you know. I mean, the whole game is a developer move, so that's silly. But, you, I mean, that breaks that wall, and you, you see the developer speaking to you. Um, and you hear that. And that, that for me, is uh, developer of the year. Blizzard being so fantastic and supporting overwatch and being so vigilant about what the players want from that game. 
right out of the gate. Like it's pretty incredible yeah. how they're supporting that game. So I do acknowledge that. So let me let me expand on Blizzard. So it's not just Overwatch that they released this year. They had expansion right. stuff for StarCraft Two with the uh, the Nova missions. They had expansions for Hearthstone. They had expansions for Heroes of the Storm. They launched uh, World of Warcraft Legion and Overwatch. So all of that, all of those things were big hits for them. So they were kind of firing on all cylinders. For the problem is it becomes like a double edged sword because we talk a lot about how like Overwatch and Hearthstone got tons of support but like while starcraft got the missions and here's the storm got some extra stuff as far as like actual support support for like the commute like competitive communities of those scenes i think it's been lacking in my opinion yeah, I, just I'll coming from that. like an esports angle yeah well, so, well then that. just to back up uh ron's point even more even though no dog's my my dev of the year uh they also came out with a sick from what i can tell expansion in uh sorry world of warcraft uh legion and people are loving that and they're saying it's revitalized this 10 year old game that people are still fucking playing so uh i don't know if anyone here is still playing uh warcraft or if they played the expansion i think, I think sean's uh, probably the only one still plays right hey. so i mean that's worth mentioning uh but again even with all that blizzard could potentially win developer of the year every single year because they're just so great at balancing they're so they create such great games they released a great one this year. They create great expansions that revitalize their games or give longevity to them. They could win any year, at, at any given year. But Naughty Dog just killed it with this wrap-up to a series that they've um, delivered on with each and every title. And uh, I would love, uh, personally, to acknowledge that. So let me just say real quick that as someone who was a, a big World of Warcraft player and a big StarCraft player, but not so much into the latest iteration of StarCraft. And um, someone who quit WoW, god damn, I don't even remember, five years ago, six years ago, maybe maybe longer, I was a little bit worried for a while that Blizzard wasn't going to do anything that great or had kind of stagnated. Um, and even though I'm not an Overwatch player, it was really, really good to see the community get behind Blizzard again and and see them releasing all sorts of shit this year like Ron said and that was uh that was just awesome cuz I love Blizzard and Blizzard is one of the best developers I think of all time even if they don't win developer of the year I think they're one of the most notable developers ever and it is really really hard even if you don't play any of their games you don't like their games it is really hard not to respect just about everything they've ever done so for me, Blizzard is the winner. I think I think it's like um, a lifetime achievement. It's it's good. Oh, but give... I'm gonna lead into Ken's here. I feel because I I would say that like while Overwatch itself is an incredible release, I think as like as overall developer, um, Uncharted Four just seems like from an outsider's perspective like Naughty Dog taking a victory lap. Like like well, just, technically, like they slammed it out Kenneth of the hasn't park. Hasn't said anything about around. this topic so, yet. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna well, it over to Ken with that. But I feel like personally, I I could see Naughty Dog winning this as well. Let's hear it, Ken. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think you set me up a little um, prematurely, oh, no, I, Eric. I did, I did the wrong setup. Oh no! Well, because <laughs> I think oh, everything. God. The thing that the thing that I come away from this, and I'm, I don't want to jump ahead too quickly, but I feel like everything that we've said about Naughty Dog and Uncharted is why it's. I think it is a more fitting 
winner of the next category as opposed to developer, because just like Uncharted Four is this sort of like this tribute to you know a decade of history and just like of this victory lap as you guys said, but Blizzard hit the ground running with Overwatch in a way that I don't think that most developers are even even capable of pulling off. Um, like the game itself is this nearly universal uh, multiplayer shooter that everyone's playing right now, but they also they took the time to really nurture this this world, this brand new world. Because like that is you know that is something that can't be this kind of lost here. Is Overwatch is like their first new IP in like over a decade, if I understand correctly. Um, and they they, they that that's just that's what's something that sticks out to me. This person doesn't play Overwatch is basically the, the care that Blizzard put into making this this game like an event that uh, stands alongside all these things that they've done for all these other decades, like uh, like Warcraft and um, things like that. Um, where again, I think everything that we're saying about Uncharted, I feel like it it's, it speaks more to why I think it. Well, again, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but um, I, I think I think that's 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 where I kind of sit on it. So Blizzard, pretty good developer, huh? Is, is that what we're? Yeah, at? I'd say that's a, that's a pretty solid consensus there. I think so. All right. So Blizzard we, takes are, it. We're going with Blizzard. Okay. So moving on to the final category, which is arguably the most important category. It is the overall game of the year. Within that, we've got probably the most games out of any other category, which is also understandable. And coming in at the top is Overwatch with five votes, Uncharted 4 with four votes, Battlefield 1, Forza Horizon 3, Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice, Fury, Pony Island with two votes, Oxenfree, Inside also with two votes, The Witness, Stardew Valley, Planet Coaster, Watch Dogs 2, Eagle Flight, Dishonored 2, Superhot VR, uh, that's interesting, is Game of the Year, Firewatch, and Titanfall 2. So what we're going to do now, I'm just going to go around the virtual room and ask everyone what their official number one, not two, three, four, or five, but number one Game of the Year is. And I figure it's a good idea to start with our editor-in-chief, Mr. Ron Burke. Mm, tough question. Um, of this list... I got to go with Uncharted 4. Okay. I like the brevity. <laughs> Joe? Uh, my game of the year is definitely The Witness. <laughs> God damn it, I knew you were going to say that too. <laughs> That's fine. All Overwatch right. is easily a very close second. So, it'll, it's, it's or, or Uncharted, huh? Move on, move on, Mike. <laughs> All right. Don't let me speak. All right. Ken, what about you? Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4. Okay, so that's is that two for Uncharted Four, Ron and Ken? Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Okay, Eric. Mine is weird. Um, my favorite overall, and the one I'm not going to be fighting for because we've already had this discussion, and I won't mm-hmm. bring it back up is Hitman. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like it's when even I was in the list, list. Yeah, it's not even in the list. I only voted for one each. I wasn't like you guys with your multiple per category or whatever. I just picked one for each because I make decisions. And the one I picked for this category over Hitman, which I think is my overall game of the year, but the one I had the most fun playing and the one I really enjoyed personally the most is probably Overwatch. 
Okay. And Zach? Uh, mine would be Overwatch. Easily the one I've played the most, and I'm going to continue to play. So, yeah, true. Eric, are you... I'm, you're officially Overwatch, right? I'm Team Overwatch, yeah. You're Team Overwatch. And Zach's Overwatch. Ken's over... Or, uh, excuse me, Ken's Uncharted 4. Right? Did mm-hmm. I say that? Right? Yep. And then Ron is Uncharted 4. And what were you, Joe? The witness. <laughs> God damn. I respect right. it. I respect it. Uh, Mike, your game of the year. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, you can pretend it's not Battlefield. I respect that, but you, you know, I, I, I think Ron's wife really had an effect on me. I'm gonna go with Eagle Flight. <laughs> what? Have you yes, played Eagle Flight? No, no, <laughs> no, I haven't. It's oh about, my god, the brown nosing is appalling yeah. here. Good I'm lord. Gonna, I'm just gonna take myself out of this because it's pointless. It's Battlefield One, and if nobody else. Clearly, nobody else thinks it should be a game of the year because I'm the only damn person who voted for it. So I'm just going to uh, remove myself from this fight. So. Oh, well, that's OK. Well, I mean, you have you don't have any other contenders that are. I don't I'm looking contention. at the list and, and I don't actually think I do. I, I really think that's the only one that I voted for. Damn. I think that's it. Mike, Mike is. Uh, I'm a man Mike of simple pleasures. Joe. Right, yeah. So do we want to start had? <laughs> hacking this down to some sure. semblance of a list let's do it right because we can take out the travesties um ace, <laughs> oh, yeah. ace attorney ace attorney and fury are both very good games uh i was posting some fury videos in the channel prior to us starting this round two of the podcast and um yeah it's it's a very good game if you like boss rushes or if you really like metal gear rising back when that came out or you like platinum games in general uh you'll like fury a lot but Bef- yeah. Yeah. So before you continue, Eric, uh, with the uh, the hatchet job. So just the hatchet job, exactly. Uh, why don't we do this? Um, let's just get it down to a ten. Then we'll keep whittling, whittling it down as Ron suggested until we find a point where we can't uh, continue or you know we decide not to. Uh, so let's get our ten first. Then we'll continue. Like we obviously won't stay at ten. I'm I'm sure. Sounds good to me. So, what are you? Yeah. What are you prepared to let go of, Joe? Uh, super hot. Uh, super hot. Regrettably, um, I I don't think it deserves to be cut before Eagle Flight because I haven't played Eagle Flight. So it that's, just got cut before Eagle silly. Flight. But uh, Super Hot VR is my top VR game of the year in 2016. I felt the need to nominate it, but um, it's you know again, there are some serious serious games here. That uh, do some amazing things. So I'm all right. So who who else is going to match Joe and make a cut? I think Oxen Free can go. Well, hold on. You didn't nominate. Like I was conceding. Super hot. So. <laughs> else, is anybody here going to like fight for Oxen Free? I yeah, think I, I would, nominated I it, and I think it could be cut. I well, I actually now look. I I went for all five uh, as opposed to Eric who. Is, um, I make decisions, human. man. <laughs> yeah, as a respectable human being, he picked one. I picked five because I'm a maniac. I put in Oxen Free. Sure. Let, Eric says, I think, last night that it is a great game in the midst of a year of incredible games. And it's very true. Uh, so Oxen Free, I'm willing to let go. Uh, certainly for something like Pony Island or, uh, or I don't know, Dishonored, something like that. Anyway. Okay. Oxen so Free is gone. Stardew Valley is a great game, and I think everyone should play it, especially if you like Harvest Eric, Moon. But I don't know Eric, if we have passion. You can leave if you want; it's totally fine. You <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I would respect do, it. 
that's that's one of the ones where I, I see weakness and I start poking to make sure that there is right, someone who's going to defend it. Hold on, let's hold on. Forza is still here, and it's just insane to me. Does anyone is anyone an advocate for Forza over Stardew? It's silly to compare games again, but like I just Stardew Valley and like Forza Horizon. Anyone? I'm, I'm going to guess that Ron nominated Forza Horizon. Yeah, if you like open world arcade style racers, Forza is awesome. But, God uh, damn it, you're my <laughs> But I'm I'm willing to concede it off the list. It doesn't beat out games like Uncharted Four. Why why don't why don't we compromise and eliminate both? We're of looking those? at a top. To, um, cool to be fair, I'm being facetious, but I'm uh, we're looking at a top ten first. So I don't want to run cut we're, one of your. We're still not an overcut so. yet because after I'll also concede. More. I'll also concede Watch Dogs too. It it improves greatly on the first one. But uh, yeah, again, it doesn't stack up to something like Uncharted. Anybody ar- want to argue that? Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. Watchdogs too. Like like Watchdogs a lot. Still, still, every now and then jump on. We're but, cutting good yeah. games from this list. Like, let's make no qualms about that. Like, yeah. I don't think any yeah. of the games on for this sure. list are. I mean, is for a bad sure. game. yeah, they're all literally all good games. Well, I think um, I think necessarily the game of the year list is going to have <laughs> presumably the best overall games of the year. So, I mean, yeah. we're not really cutting any shitty games at all. Yeah. They're all great right. games. We we might be there's. There's one more to go if we want a 10 list. Yeah, uh, so we got to cut one more to make it 10. What's right, we got we... on Planet Coaster. Yeah, it's uh, Planet Coaster and Eagle Flight are the two that stick out to me. I, Planet I think Coaster it's... is the best coaster creator I've ever played. I think it's I mean, the witness it's just amazing. because I want to kick Joe in the nuts. Right, <laughs> Mike, I, I might have to divorce you. I'm serious. Well, it's a good thing we live three thousand miles. Like sleeping away from on the couch, other. man. If you cut the witness, the witness is easy. No, no, hold on. Hold on see hold that on. yellow serious, that just happened? Don't play your hand yet. No. <laughs> no, hold on. Real talk. The witness easily must be on the top ten list. Uh, I I'll concede anything from before, obviously, but. The Ooh, Witness okay. is Perfect. one of what the you, greatest you, games created of all time. Let's wheel and deal, sir. And it what needs you, to be on the... Yeah, play a closer to the uh, Maybe? I, I, just, I don't know. I, I, Insane I like to cut Dishonored 2. I would, I would literally cut Dishonored 2 before The Witness. And, uh, yeah, but top I, 10. But Dishonored 2 is a fantastic, spectacular game, and it shouldn't be cut from the top 10 either. So, like, we're... So, do we really have... Do we think that Eagle Flight is one of the top ten games of the year? Like, not just a good VR game, but do we think it in, in the spectrum of great games? It's a VR game, but it, it only stands up in that. Uh, otherwise, it, it's it's not going to stand up in this list. There's a stand up to Dishonored too. Please send your apologies to my wife, Ron. Oh, un, unhighlight Dishonored two because now we're done. Well, in just nine. for our top ten, so I can write it down real yeah. quick. I love Dishonored too. It's it's really good. I the story was not as strong, which kind of bummed me out. But I think the mission structure really makes up for it, for sure. Okay. So we ordering so, these in ten? Are we ordering these ten now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, we're we're yeah, exactly well, we got ten, 10 right for now. now. Okay. We can and, that. and then we're gonna keep whittling it down because we're cold hearted. Are we gonna like whittle it down, or are we going to order these ten from like number ten to number one? Uh, I, I think we can I order. Think it. Ron yeah. said, "Well, okay, okay." I think I think we can pretty easily suss out. So like, let's let's do this. Let's make a top five and a bottom five. Like, what games do we think are in the top five games of this year? Uh, I think well, uh, just looking at the votes, Overwatch is obviously in the top five. 
Uncharted yeah. Four is obviously in the top five, right? Is everybody yeah, yeah, agreeing? Yeah, I agree with that. I think okay. the witness should make top five as well. I would I'm going to mark him a slightly man. different color here just for a minute. It this oh, just shit. makes it easier to tell so well. Uh, and then you said the witness. Really? I think the, the I think five, the witness makes top that. five. And I think Pony Island makes top five. I think those those four, and then maybe like Battlefield one or Titanfall two should be. Yeah, I would top. drop Inside Out of top five. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, erroneous. I would never say that. You're crazy. I would. I would just for that, Zach. I'll X-nay on the Pony Island for top five <laughs> because Inside is incredible. You're all. Cra- you are all crazy. I'm just gonna say I, that. I, sure I, I can I see Inside's a good it. game. Inside's a top ten see, game of the year. Good is good is a four letter word for other games on this list, Eric. Hey, You're hey Inside is a top ten incredible. game of this year. All right. Yo, there's other numbers as well. Five, two, one. It's totally possible. I'm joking. So anyway, yeah. Like, I think it's crazy, but I mean, I'll concede that for sure. I'll concede anything for The Witness. The Witness is my baby. But I mean, it's not I. It, it's not a popular one. And for I would, I would put, plenty of good reasons. I would back you up on The Witness. It was my number, like, three game, I think, or maybe my number four. So you're saying four. top five for The Witness? Yes. Okay. And we okay. need one more top five. Mine would be between Planet Coaster and Dishonored 2 to make that list. I I feel you on Dishonored. Dishonored's a, a favorite of mine. I'm not against Dishonored. Uh, Pony Island Pony Island is it's hard to let go of Pony Island for me, but I uh, if between Pony Island and Dishonored 2 it's hard for me, so I'll Ken, I'll step out. Ken on that. Ken and Zach are the tiebreakers between Planet Coaster and Dishonored 2. For top five? Well, I don't think either one of them probably played Planet Coaster. I think I'm probably the only person playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair point. Okay, fair point. Did either of you play Dishonored too? No, not. And neither of you played Planet Coaster. Nope. <laughs> then you're not the tiebreaker. Great tiebreakers for mine. <laughs> um, uh, we'll roll with Dishonored too. It's fine. Dishonored too. Okay, we'll roll with Dishonored too. Cool. All right, so that is our top five, and so that makes the rest of these. Not top five. Runner-ups. Yeah. All right. So who... Let's see here. Do we want to argue for number one? Or are top we, three? We, we I think... As, so now that we've got bottom five, I think we can order these now. And and make like a, a ten through six. I think Firewatch is ten. I'd be okay with that. I'm happy it's on the list. Actually, wait, no. Super Hot V is Super Hot VR in the bottom five. Yeah. What What is the yeah. format? I it was eliminated. Here? Yeah, it's eliminated. Yeah. So no, the... no, no. Was... wait, wait, it's not though. Hold on. That, yeah, that, that was like one of the first ones we cut. Yeah, we thought so, and it's just okay. Yeah, because the yeah. highlighting's confusing. Yeah, I think Firewatch. So wait, number one, 10 two, three, is four, fine. five, six, seven, eight. Well, then we we have ten here. Wait, I'm confused. There's six highlighted Someone in the bottom accidentally five. colored super hot. Yeah, yeah, super hot's still eliminated. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch! Yeah, which one am I supposed to? Super hot. Yellow, okay. Super hot. Yellow. I'm I bad. think Firewatch at number ten is fine. I can live with that. It's on the list. That makes. Me I fire. just I I I don't know. I don't understand. I haven't played Planet Coaster, so I I have no idea. I uh, I you know, acknowledge Ron as the aficionado of. Uh, roller coaster tycoon type games, but that's the last game I played in this genre. So uh, okay, I so imagine if you liked roller coaster tycoon, but you could make uh, 
just about anything you can imagine. So all the puzzle pieces that you wanted to create, you know, uh, coaster of your dreams, and also all the supporting pieces that go with it. Uh, people have already recreated Six Flags Over Texas. They've already recreated uh, Disneyland, Epcot Center. They've built all that, and you can download them straight out of Steam and put them in your own park. Uh, same thing with being able to build uh, coasters. It, it takes probably five to ten minutes to build a decent coaster. And if you want to make something amazing, then it takes you know a couple of hours. But uh, same thing with all of the, the buildings. Uh, if you want to build something simple, that's easy to do. But if you want to build something amazing and spend a ton of time on it too, uh, it's kind of the world is your oyster. Uh, I have spent a stupid amount of time playing Planet Coaster, just uh, creating cool coasters, much less all the supporting stuff that goes with it. What do you think about it for the number nine spot? I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm going to give, I'm gonna give you that. number nine, Ron. I'm going to give it to you because I like you. All right. <laughs> I would so say Pony Island 6, Inside 7. Wait, wait, we skipped number eight, though. Pony I think Titanfall yeah. 2 needs to be number 6. I think Titanfall 2 is is way... T- like, I'm okay with it being in the bottom 5, but it is also an incredible game, and I think it's a good lock for that 6 spot. Okay, hold on. Let's let's just go in order here. So what's going to be number 8? I don't know why we're skipping I number 8. I would say eight. Inside, then. Inside? Uh, inside or Pony Island, I think, goes there. Uh, inside Pony Island are, are, are 7 and 8s, and it's just the order, I think. I'm cool with that. Either either one. Does anybody else disagree? No, I I really don't mind numbers too much uh, that we got on our list, so it's cool. I would I I'm surprised. Like I could have sworn like before we started the podcast, Inside could have been a contender for like the number one spot. But I mean, you know, it's just I know I know what a game it is. So is is there a fun. reason, by the way, that Inside is in all caps? It's just I, the style. It's yeah, it's like style. I, yeah. Just for that, no, it's, it's getting it's, number it's eight. No, it's stylized. It's stylized like that. Same Pony as Pony Island is getting number yeah, seven. Yeah, it's like Watch Dogs having the underscore and stuff that's, like that. That's all it right, takes. Yeah. Just like that. All right. So, I, Eric, I we're arguing. Easy. I think yeah, Titanfall you... 2 at number six is a good log. Okay. I'm comfy with that. All right. So, now South 5. Uh, I think Dishonor needs to go at five because that was the one that we like. Yeah, that was the I, one. I, I agree. Agree. Yeah. Oh, oh, Joe, are you are you deeply offended right now? No, I said agreed. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't hear that. I well, look, like real talk. I don't mind numbers at all, really. You know, we got our top five, and it's pretty sweet. I so think number four. One goes at number four. Oh boy! Unless anybody else wants to go to bat for it. I, I think I think it's got to be number in the top three. I don't think I'm going to live if it doesn't I, make top three. I agree with you, Mike. I, I think it's in the top three. I I am with Eric. That I, I'm the team witness, witness is a here. Game. I think witness yeah. is a top three game. There is mm. no way in hell that the Mike, witness have you is going the to. Witness? I don't care. I have no, 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 no. Played Battlefield. <laughs> played I, the hey, whole game, now played, Joe, we multiple. talked about this earlier. When the gavel speaks, you don't interrupt. <laughs> and so. This is this is a no go. There's there's no way I'm letting the witness get get above Battlefield One. It's oh, just not happening. Blasphemy! Like it doesn't make a what, on what grounds besides you not allowing it will you put it in? That's all I need. I support you. Done. Well, I mean, uh, that's, that's the word there. 
insanity ensues. Just like that. The eleventh hour. Did you see how easy that was? Damn. All right. Now let, let's <laughs> now let the real going. fight begin. So the real. <laughs> this is fight how began. democracy dies. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So now we 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 spoke about our we gave our opinions of game of the year. Do we want to do like a quick like who thinks which one goes like which one's game of the year here of the top two? Yeah, Battlefield One is number one clearly. Mm. I think I think <laughs> so. We're down to to Overwatch and Uncharted, and it's whether right. which one's going to be number one and which one's going to be number right. two. Four of us already right. voted for two of those, so it's Mike and Joni. More, moreover, like game of the year is just it's the one that is at the front of our site. It's the one that says this is the game. To me, Game of the Year says this is the game we recommend to uh, our readers. Uh, no less, no more. So I, for me, that's my interpretation. I wouldn't know what you guys think of it. For me, it's the one that is most representative of the year. The one that mm. will, you know, like when you, when you think of it, like I always think of it if you had to make like a collage or a mosaic of like every year in gaming and you only got to pick one game from each year, that game mm. goes there. And so, like, for me, that is yeah. Overwatch, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Like, I, I think Overwatch was the game this year more than anything else. As, as good a quality as Uncharted 4 is, and I think its spot in the top two is more than well-deserved, uh, for me, personally, it's Overwatch. Mm. I, if, you're, if I were going by, if I were subscribing to your definition, uh, it would be Overwatch for me. Um, I don't know, just something about Uncharted, just uh, all of the moments in Uncharted. I'm a single-player uh, gamer foremost, uh, though I have deep roots in uh, my multiplayer experiences. And that's what's crazy is that our top two games are polar opposites as far as that format's concerned. There's a multiplayer game, like not even primarily multiplayer, exclusively multiplayer, and then a not exclusively single-player, but a primarily extremely primarily single player so i'm conflicted um so i'll pass it on to everyone else before i before i decide i guess i don't know ken do you want to weigh on on uh weigh in on overwatch versus uncharted 4 um well first i want to ask like when we got i'm trying to remember what category it was that overwatch was up for that uh somebody immediately jumped on and said it is just multiplayer um yeah that was me does yeah. that how do oh, shooter yeah does that apply here you think you feel uh, for me uh, i i'm i'm with joe i'm mostly a single player kind of guy uh, i find that the the multiplayer scene quickly devolves into kids that have entirely too much goddamn time <laughs> to master every damn thing and it stops being fun or you get called every racist name under the sun so uh, that kind of stuff strips multiplayer for me very quickly uh, i i enjoy playing with other gaming trend players but pickup groups suck so you know jumping into overwatch like if you were to recommend overwatch right now it's been out for a couple of months right Jump in right now. You'll just get your teeth kicked in. It's not going to be a fun experience for most people. Mm. That's why, I've been why, killing in Overwatch lately. Been but... destroying everyone. Been mm. like it's been I, a I, hot streak for Joe to Clara. Just I think that is that. very much a thing you can say about ninety nine percent of multiplayer games, and it's also the reason why Overwatch is so incredible. Is because it navigates those issues so so well. I mean, there are 
limits in place that literally change the text that people put in. If they put in something racist, it changes to, I'm sorry, I have anger issues and you, and can't deal with them well. <laughs> like, it auto-replaces that in the chat, which is incredible. And, like, um, it, it does a, such a good job of making it feel like, even if you're not, like, a KDA-oriented player, if you're someone who wants to just shoot people, or if you're someone who just wants to heal people, or you just want to stand there with a big Reinhardt shield and help move the payload you are not only going to be able to do that, but you're going to be an effective team member doing that. And you are going to be rewarded for doing that. You're not going to be, it's it's not like you're giving up something to play medic. Like it's so many other games make you give up something to be a support. This, this game like rewards you for playing well in your role specifically. Okay. Now, now hold on a second there, Eric. So you and probably just about everybody in this podcast are pretty seasoned multiplayer uh, players right yeah for the most yes, part i would say that so yes. now now if you compare uncharted 4 to overwatch for somebody who's completely new like now i've, I've played plenty of multiplayer games are we too, talking but like I, just on I, I would, multiplayer i'm just talking in general i know it's oh, okay. a little bit apples and oranges but just bear with yeah me again we're getting to that problem where it, like eric said i do agree it's not about comparing the two well both me and eric you know giving our own weird descriptions of what game of the year is. It's just either it's whatever we would recommend if you subscribe to my theory or if you subscribe to Eric's, which I think is the more popular that what is the, what was summed up, what, which game uh, epitomizes the year most. How, however you define well, that. So, so, so sorry, Mike. Mike I, it was, well, sorry. I, I interrupted Mike. I'm sorry. So I'll give it back to him. Uh, well, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, is that if if you're if you're already familiar with multiplayer shooters, I get what you're saying, Eric. That uh, that coming into Overwatch is not going to be that crazy. I mean, you'll probably get your ass kicked for a little bit, but you'll probably you'll probably acclimatize much more quickly than somebody who's brand new to the idea of multiplayer shooters. And with Uncharted Four, I would imagine you're not going to have that issue at all because it's single player. And uh, I, I don't know. I think I think that that sets the two apart for me. I, 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 I'm kind of. I don't think that has any bearing on it. Honestly, my thing is my, I don't. I don't want to feel like Uncharted needs to get sort of like weight here for being more accessible. I feel like because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that honestly does Uncharted a little bit of a disservice to kind of be like, oh, well, more people are gonna be able to play Uncharted. I think like Uncharted was this this finale to an icon in this industry this um this character that has been a like a face of this industry for the past decade um and it wasn't and it, and we don't get a lot of that in the industry because everything's a, everything's a set up for a sequel um whether you know whether uncharted 5 happens or not i certainly i certainly hope it doesn't and i think it would be honestly disrespectful to what the game is for it to for there to be one i feel like again like we don't get a lot of closure and like me like meaningful legitimate closure for a character that doesn't end up with them dying or um or just like recently like gears of war 4 has like it it brought in a bunch of new people and it kind of I don't. Okay, I don't, I don't actually want to stop using the Gears of War example because I'm kind of talking about my ass. Because um, <laughs> I mean, like, anyway, anyway, okay, we'll move on. Um, 
I, again, I, th- I think there's just something very special about Uncharted being this this tribute to his to its own history, and um, yeah, that's just kind of my takeaway from Uncharted. But it's it's something special that we don't get in this industry a lot. Is is Overwatch yeah, in like contention this- with Uncharted Four in terms of the the speciality of it, the significance of it, the emotional Oh, the emotional gravity of it is, in, in is different, in different still ways. in contention in, in different ways. Like Overwatch was impactful in the industry in terms of culture. Like y- you go everywhere and people are like fawning over the characters in Overwatch. They're like posting up fan art of them. They're cosplaying as them. Like what Uncharted does is like a narrative success, but Overwatch I feel was like a cultural success where like people instantly gravitated towards this group of characters. You were seeing a group that wasn't just the stereotypical characters that you always see in multiplayer shooters. It was diverse. It was all different kinds of, you know, all different kinds of genders, ethnicities displayed. It was all different kinds of play styles encouraged. You have all these different, you know, you can play, you can be a healer, you can be a shield bearer and you can play these characters. that are very unique and have a lot of character to them. And the community reacted to that and created this culture around it. And I think that's what's significant about Overwatch in that respect. So yeah, this is another incredible thing that we, another disparity between these two, uh, that Uncharted is this incredible emotional climax to a series and Overwatch is the inauguration of an incredible series and like mini culture as Eric is putting it. So it's, it's again, another crazy polarizing thing between these two games that we're now weighing up against each other. So that's, I just, again, another thing I find interesting and why I cannot (laughs) deduce like which one I think would be game. It's, it's incredibly apples and oranges. Um, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so Zach, we haven't heard from you. Uh, I really want uncharted four to win because it's uncharted. But okay. <laughs> I think my vote is for Overwatch. But if you look back over the past six hours, Uncharted has won, I think, double the amount of awards as Overwatch. Is that true? Yeah. That's outrageous. Oh, you mean for us? For us, for us. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I think Overwatch is sweeping most websites. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so if we crazy. want to be hipsters, Pony Island should win is what Zach is going <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yes. Doom, so, Doom was polygons. Not that they could play it. <laughs> so For sure. The way I look at it, and again, I'd like to reiterate, this is completely apples and oranges. Um, and and also, take this with a grain of salt, because I haven't played either of these games. Um, but the way I look at it, like I love all the Marvel movies out there. I absolutely do. And they're fantastic. And they're fun to watch. I like all the characters. I love the action sequences. And and I and I like the storyline too. But the most incredible movie for me in probably the last five ten five, ten years was Interstellar. And that doesn't really uh doesn't really attach to anything. It's just all on its own. And it's because it was so emotional and so gripping and so inspiring and so thrilling and so suspenseful. Like it just had so much emotion in it 
for me personally. So if I'm going to pick one like sort of multiplayer versus single player emotional, I'm going to go with single player, single player emotional every time, which means I would go with Uncharted. So I, I just I just want to say I want to say two things real quick before I make the big break here. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about investment, and I think uh, Overwatch got an unfair cut on that because we you know, we talked a lot about like how if you're you know if you're a competitive multiplayer fan, then you'll be familiar with the stuff and you'll jump into it more easily than other stuff. But like the fact of the matter is, Uncharted Four is the fourth game in the series, and you need to have played the other three games to get into it and understand like what it's doing. So I'm that's not saying that's point. I'm not saying that's a negative on either side. I think those much like in football, those fouls can't like cancel each other out and it's even. Um, now here's the thing. Uh, the reason why I love overwatch so much for this, but also why I think it could lose this is because um, I think overwatch is going to continue to be an amazing thing. It's not, it's not going to, I mean, it's going to still be a game next year that people still play and, Uncharted, you know, we're going to get a story DLC, but this is very much like its year. So I I love a, that is a reason why it could be yeah, why why, why it could I lose would game of the be year. okay yeah. with Overwatch losing in this respect because it is it is going to continue to be a game and a living platform for years to come and I definitely feel like it is made the right steps and the right moves to continue to be that it's not going to die out like some other uh, multiplayer games have. I think it's really going to be something that stands the test of time, at least for a year or two. And uh, this is kind of, whereas this is kind of uncharted for is a year, you know, it's not like next year we're going to be like, Oh man, you know, we're talking game of the year and I just want to talk about uncharted four again. No, we're going to be talking about like 20 other games, but Overwatch will still be a game and we could vote on it for like some weird like ongoing game thing and it would still probably win. So But that is the thing that Overwatch will continue to be this thing that has created something of a subculture in the culture of video games. That it will continue for for all we know ten years, just like other Blizzard properties or other really strong class based shooter properties or what have you. Well so maybe we need to open up a secondary thing. category that's game well, of the decade. Well, okay, right, but we that's, did, a, that's we another, that's another article. That was, like, best sure. ongoing game to, like, honor games that, you know, like, games like Dota and League of Legends and Hearthstone and stuff like that that are kind but of, like, to look at a game, platforms. But to look at a game in its year, like, in its, like, that, like if a game, if we're right and Uncharted is continuing for much longer, for for years to come, then this is its year where it first came to fruition. So I don't know. Uh, I really, I'd like to hear one more time. I know, Ron. I think you're for Uncharted, but uh, I want to hear some more words of wisdom from our uh, editor in chief. All right. So, um, <clears throat> Uncharted. I think, uh, as Ken kind of stated. It does a fantastic job of wrapping up not just you know the the main thread but kind of all these side threads. The epilogue is amazing. We talked about that. Uh, I think there's just really no aspect of it that doesn't hit on all cylinders. Uh, similarly, Overwatch I think is a pretty amazing game. Don't don't let my earlier statement make you think that I don't like it. It's not that at all. Um, I think it's an amazing game when you've got the right people. 
team-based shooters are always tough, right? I mean, even Battlefield 1, which I loved as well, if you have a bad group, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, There is no no bad time in Uncharted 4. So in that, I think it edges out just barely Overwatch. I really, like, I'll I'll respect that uh, because... Like, there's got to be at some point a bad time. I think, though, there are some bad times in Uncharted. I, I know Kevin will disagree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I know Kevin will disagree. But, like, there... Well, no, Kenneth gave it a uh, a 10 out of 10. So that is saying, like, you know, all its flaws can be... Like, I'm sure he acknowledges that there are flaws, but that they are all forgiven because, like, it is just such a masterpiece and they are, can be overlooked. I think, though, there is some pacing issues with Uncharted 4, and uh, Overwatch, I think pacing is like never an issue because you know it's just this great multiplayer game. Uh, it's pretty simple compared. Um, I do agree with Eric, like with with that statement, Ron. That like Overwatch, above all other multiplayer games, does a great job of um, abating any of those issues that we've come to know and we've come to associate with multiplayer gaming. That and that is, um, it's something that should be at, at the minimum recognized. Like yeah, it's and that is recognized in the developer that. of the year uh, award is what's what my point would be also. But I, I'm at a point where I'm willing to see it. Either of these games are fantastic and and game of the year, you know, uh, quality. So you know, I honestly I would I would concede my vote because. Uh, first of all, my game of the year is The Witness, and I think it's better than both games, even objectively. Hitman is which a is great crazy, game, and it's not on this yeah. list because Mike is wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Hitman is a great game. So I would, Sorry, I would concede my vote. I don't know if I could, uh, if I could give it to a vote unless, uh, unless we must. Uh, so no, I don't think we need to take it to a vote. I think, I think the argument is strong for Uncharted Four being game of the year, and and. I think Overwatch got its say and will continue to have its say well into the year 2017, 2018, 2061, whatever. I agree. I, I, I think Uncharted 4 just moved people on a level that, that Overwatch didn't. It's a very fitting and... I don't know. Eric a made a compelling... Character. Look, Eric was... I was about to say, like, that's very true, that, like, Overwatch can't move, like, on an emotional level that that Uncharted can. But Eric made a very good point that, like... It's created within an instant in this industry. You know, as far as this industry, it, it, uh, and it's going to continue to be those things. Like instant. we saw that with with Tracer being revealed as being a gay character, and that meaning a lot of things to a lot of people. Like having that sort of representation in a character that they can identify with very closely. And I think it'll continue to be those things. But I think this is the year of Uncharted, and Overwatch will continue to have its years for years to come. Love Tracer. Want to marry her. Very sad about but you can't, her <laughs> sexual orientation. It breaks my heart, but I respect it. Wow. Anyway. We can discuss that later. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> Just Don't all worry. I have to say about that is wow. All right. So we are settled, officially settled, that Uncharted 4 is game of the year. Right? Yep. Right. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's there the game of the year for sure. My God. Wow, we finally, we finally reached it. All right. Oh, we forgot one category. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow, but what a great that, list, guys. We got it, though. So with that, that basically ends the whole damn thing. That's the end we of... We did it, guys. 
We did that it. That rounds out 2016. All we done. Exactly. Yeah, I know. We did it. We, we officially ended 2016. The year where fiction track. became nonfiction, the year of the VR, supposedly, but what turned out to be the year of uh, shooters, really. And uh, here we are. We're at the end, and Uncharted 4 won the whole damn thing. So, with that, uh, I am your co-host, Mike Pierce. You can follow me on my Twitter account at, at GrumpyGamer. That's Grumpy with two R's. My co-host, partner in crime, Joe DeClara. You can follow him at, at Dagobonuts. That's Bag of Donuts. That's with, definitely at Joey Dagobonuts. Oh, That's yeah, sorry, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> and uh, I have not memorized the rest of your Twitter handle, so Bye. Kenneth, you want to start? I'm at Shepard CDR, S H E P A R D C D R. Perfect. Eric? I'm C Moosey. You can find me at S E A M O O S I. Where did you get that, by the way? What What is that a reference to? A long time ago in seventh grade, we asked our teacher what the plural of moose was, and she didn't know. So we decided that it, like <laughs> octopi and cacti, it should be moosei. But when I. So then later she referred to something sc cows so we wondered if there could be sea moose and there would be herds of sea moose roaming the oceans <laughs> and then a couple weeks later i was signing up for an mmo and i needed a name so i picked sea moose and oh. uh it's just stuck but everybody calls it sea moosey so i just and go this is officially yeah. the best moment on the gt reboot podcast of all time <laughs> what the history behind eric van allen's twitter yeah, handle is a full like Co- comprehensive narrative on the Twitter handle CMC. I just yeah. I ended up liking it so much. I it's my PSN, it's my Steam, it's pretty oh, much it's, everything. Oh, you nailed it for sure. Yeah. Zach, what about you, sir? My Twitter is zbfabes, z b f a b e s. And Ron, I have I have a feeling I know what yours is, but would you would you like to state it for the record? Uh, actually, it's at nightshade k n i g h t s h a d e g t. Uh, so you might have thought it's at Gaming Trend, but that's the official one for the site. Perfect. All right, Joe, do you have any last words? Uh, Are no, you just about to shoot thing. Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought okay. about it, but I probably wouldn't be able to aim correctly at this point. Vision is a little bit blurry. I'm a little bit shaky. Voice is a little bit, you know, Mike slurred. is uh, speaking facetiously. He loves me. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to say, I guess... Uh, Thank you to the listeners for sticking around uh, and for listening uh, and for sending in your comments. Please don't send comments that are angry and uh, irate because, uh, you know, we're, we're all now very angry that The Witness didn't win, of course. So <laughs> oh, my God. I'm right there with you. Anyway, uh, I wanted to thank, though, uh, you guys, of course, for contributing your time, most especially, uh, let alone your expertise and your opinions. Um and uh, for sticking it out with us, because uh, and for for giving us such a great show, so um, we really greatly appreciate it. I know it sounds cliche and very PR savvy, but it's uh, we we really do, Mike and I. Uh, it's uh, it's helped us make an actual show out of this. I agree. I, I really appreciate it. I know it's uh, it's a pain for everybody to get together. You know, we're all scattered across the country, so and we all work. It's not easy. Ron uh, has the flu at the moment, so I appreciate you uh, coming on anyway, Ron. And um, I don't know. It's just been it's been great. And I appreciate you guys dealing with all my email hounding and um, this, that, and the other. So I think we made a hell of a show. I appreciate everybody coming on. And you can always get a hold of Joe and I 
if you email us at uh, podcast at gamingtrend.com. And other than that, I'm just going to say Happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed 2016. Hopefully 2017 is a hell of a lot better. Go play some games. Persona 5 Game of the Year, baby. Yeah.